KCV Lexington. ESPN Sports Radio 1392.5. WLXG Lexington and LM Communications Broadcasting Station. The only no-filter sports show in Kentucky. It's the Alan Cutler Show with award-winning TV sportscaster Alan Cutler. I always enjoyed being around you, Alan, the way you covered sports with a passion. You spoke your mind, and uh, you treated everyone fairly. And I think that's why all the players don't mind coming back and doing this stuff, and they love having conversations with you and catching up again because you, you treated everyone the right way. No filter is no filter. The voice of Central Kentucky with no filter. I love talking to you about this kind of stuff because you, you get it. Well, up until then, he's been very good against left-handed hitters. Senzel. Over to third, wave is on. De La Cruz shuts it down at second. Relay to the plate for Senzel on a slide. He is safe. Ball gets away. De La Cruz takes off. Rogers throw to third. Late. RBI double for De La Cruz. The Reds spoil the shutout. It's a three-run affair, and De La Cruz 90 feet away. If you're ever going to tell a team, hey, forget about that game, literally. I don't care if it's the Yankees. I don't care if it's the Reds. I don't care if it's Chicago White Sox. Really? Thinking to move to Nashville? What a dumb blank idea. Get a good baseball team and people will show up. Dumb. Dumb. Good afternoon, I'm Alan Cutler. So the Reds lose 4-1 to San Francisco. And as much as I hate to agree with Jimmy, I I really do because he loves the Giants. (laughs) That Harrison kid is really good. Yeah. He's, He's really good. Lefty, ball moves, it sinks, whatever. I mean, struck out 11. Okay, Abbott, I'm telling you, skip a start. Skip a start. Brad Taylor's been on this for quite a while. Me too, but Brad Taylor, man, he's like a hound with with Abbott. He's the, he brought it up first, then once he had mentioned it, then you mentioned about him talking about it, we looked into the numbers, and it's like, oh, but, but Brad was on it like two months ago. Yeah, uh, Brad was Seemed on like it, it before me. I give him credit. Uh, and by the way, I saw something about what the Reds do. I'm assuming everybody does this. So you've pitched a lot of innings, right? So they have these strength tests to see how you're doing. Mm. Because if you're really sore, what happens? You can't lift as much. Right. See, I'm really sore now. Okay, so instead of lifting 10 pounds, I can only lose five. But I'm not pitching. So yeah. I don't count. And so they're doing strength tests, and they use that as a judge. Could something be going on? Okay. Use your head. Abbott has pitched so many innings, I don't think the league has caught up to him. And I could be wrong, but his ball moves too much. And that doesn't mean he's going to have bad times. They all do. He's 8-4 now with a 3.35 ERA, where for about six weeks he was as good as any pitcher in the National League, which is crazy. Neither here nor there. So the Reds lose. You know what happened to the Reds last night before we set up this wonderful week, which started with Mossy, Steve Moss yesterday? You know what the Reds happened? You know what happened to them? They were on the tarmac for eight freaking hours on the plane before they got to San Francisco. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. Eight hours. They got to San Francisco 4 a.m. San Francisco time. You get your luggage, right? Yeah. Hotel was about a half hour away. You think some of those guys saw a sunrise? Yeah. <laughs> now, what Jim Day said on Bally Sports, look, I like Jim Day. He was terrible when he started. I think I've told you this off the air. I'll just say it on the air. I can't believe the Reds didn't fire him after the first year and the second year. And by the way, now, he's really good. I mean, I think he's one of the best in baseball doing TV. I will never understand why they didn't give him the play-by-play job. And and I think only because the Reds are cheap that they kept him. I don't know why they kept him. Jimmy, you should have seen him when he started. He was terrible. 
It was like, how did this dude get the job? And then the next year was kind of like, he's not much better. He's really, really good. I mean, he's New York good. And just because you're in New York doesn't mean you're the best. But, I mean, he's worthy of ESPN, Major League Baseball, whatever. So, he has a really good way of asking a tough question in a nice way and getting an answer. Plus, the guys on the team, this is my one of my favorite words if you're going to be a reporter. And I get he works for the team, so he's not a real reporter. But he's kind of a reporter in, in a different category. It's a five-letter word, not a four-letter word. Trust. Players trust him. They trust him. Trust me, he knows all kinds of crap, Jimmy. I know you know this, that you can't put on TV. First of all, they'd fire his you-know-what. And second of all, it's not his style. Neither here nor there. So he said the players weren't using that as an excuse. I buy it. You know what that tells me, Jimmy? That tells me, which is what I've been saying in a different direction, these kids are really good. They're mentally tough. They bounce back. Surely you have ups and downs. They handle the downs really, 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 really good. I am so impressed from what we can see and then interpret from what the sound bites say, which usually you can do if you know what you're doing, and sometimes you get fooled, shoot. Sure, these kids were brought up the right way, whether it was in high school, college, minor leagues, which you have to give the Reds credit, and I think whatever the Reds do in the minor leagues, I think they're helping these kids, not a little but a lot. They're not using an excuse, so they're falling apart. So I guess the Reds are now 12 and 17 since they signed Belt of three-year contract. Okay, and, and I think they're running out of steam. And so look at the big picture. David Bell has done a hell of a job, and it amazes me how many people like my buddy Mike DeCourcy get on his case. It's amazing. He's calm. He was born into baseball. He understands baseball. Uh, I, I don't get all the crap he takes. What are you going to do <laughs> when, when your pitching just goes for stunk? And sometimes your bats go for stunk. I think they've had a great year. They're 68 and 65. Come on. I wasn't sure they win 68 games. <laughs> I was trying to decide between 68 and 70. That's the truth. And by the way, do you think I'm the only one with that? No. Anyway, so, come on. Eight hours on a plane. Have you ever sat on a plane for a couple hours, Jimmy? I'm trying to think what's the longest, but definitely nothing close to that long. I mean. I did four hours. Oof. Now, their plane's probably a little different. I doubt they were flying coach in commercial, but maybe they were. They were just on a regular I plane. Doubt with, I, I, I doubt it. But still, it's not ideal. Yeah, even if they're usually those planes, uh, there ain't nobody sitting next to you. Yeah, <laughs> you got leg room. You got plenty of food. It's much better. I was on a plane. I'm not going to tell you the airlines, and, and it was like four hours. You know what I had to do? This was disgusting. I had to go up to one of the stewardesses and say, "Hey, we got some old people here," and I don't mean me. I mean some old people. Can you hand out water and stuff like that? There was an incident. You know, you hear one of those things. Yeah. And it, wasn't as bad as some of the stuff you've seen on Twitter. And this guy berated this gal. And it was awful. It really was awful. And quickly, a male steward kind of interceded and took care of the situation. But this guy was picking on her because she was a female. Yeah. And I almost got up. I was all the way back. I'm going, I don't want to start a scene. You can't talk to anybody like that. She was polite. It wasn't her fault. You know, so anyway, so she disappears. You don't see her for the whole flight after that. Maybe she was really upset or something like that. Now they're down to stewardess, right? Mm -hmm. So I had to go with them. And you know what the guy said? Really ticked me off. And I was going to write this and just let her to just scream. I should have put it on Twitter. I just didn't want the hassle. He goes, you know, if somebody asked me, I'd be happy to give him water. I said, what? I said, look around. 
I said, I'm 70, and I'm going to need water. You have people that are 80-plus years old. Bring a cart around. You think they brought a cart around? Eventually. No. Really? No. Wow. I asked for water. They gave it to me. And as I'm going walking back, I said, hey, you need to ask if you want water. So if somebody asked, they would give them water. They should have had a cart, bring you around, that kind of stuff. If you're one of the Scotch, they should have given you that for free, too. The hell with the Scotch. You know, give people water and snacks. It was awful. Anyway, I, I uh, didn't even want to talk about the it. The Reds' preseason win total was 66 and a half for the whole year. You know, I don't bet, but I was going to take the over on that, and I didn't. So, you know, it's nice to say, well, I would have done this if and whatever. Yeah. Did I think they'd be 68 now? If you would have told me in April that they'd have 68 now, you know what I'd have told you? Take a drug test. And battling for a spot, like a legitimate chance yeah. to be in the wild card. Yeah. Like, no, no. Very no. meaningful games to end the year. Terrific. They, they've been terrific. So, anyway, they have an excuse. They just they, they have an excuse. I'm going to give him a pass. And McLean, you know, I wonder if McLean was tired. So, he's got an oblique problem. They put him on the DL for 10 days, and he finally went to them, which means he probably played with it for three or four games, yeah. which means it could be. You don't screw with an oblique, and he knows that. He should have gone to him right away. Because his average dipped below 300, and it did it before, but he always came back. This time, it looked like he had too many offers, neither here nor there. And that's a big loss for them. He's a hell of a player. It's one of the best rookies in all of baseball. So, they're hurting. There's no question they're hurting. And Abbott, I mean, he was terrible last night. Sit him for a start, even if it costs you the game. Take care of the kid. All right. Let me set up the show, and then I got beautiful, beautiful audio to play. Uh, one, the Hall of Famer, Hal McCoy, will join us at 1230. As I always say, he's in the Baseball Hall of Fame, the Hall of Fame. Kevin Reds, is it 45 or 50 years? I think it's 45. Can't get a job. He's just not consistent enough. Um, then at 1 o'clock, this tells you that football is back. Our old dear friend, Jeremy Caudill, had a wonderful career at Kentucky, and I will always say he should have been a fullback. He, he was a fullback. He would have played in the league forever. He ran like a 4-5-5, right? He was strong as an ox. He had no fat on him. He could dunk a basketball or a tight end. You know, anytime you put him in the middle of the line, it was because they were desperate. He, he, he was a freak in the wrong. You know, I'll bet there's at least, at least, I need to start a list, Jimmy. At least 10 guys, if not more, who played for Kentucky that Kentucky had to. So I'm not ripping the coaches. They had such a, you know, you know this, Jimmy. You can move guys around. You know, a tight end, could he play defensive end? Sure. What did Mike Leach say, the late, great Mike Leach? He said, you know what? We could have had more tight ends. He said, I didn't want him. And he said, I take a good tight end in high school who's a good tight end defensive end. And guess what? I need defensive ends. Come on, you've seen it all the time. Tight ends, defensive ends. Tight ends, defensive ends. So that's why he didn't think with the offense he played, he needed a tight end. It wasn't a position he'd rather have another wideout with, you know, the plays they draw up on a napkin. And it worked for him. So there, there are so many guys in the wrong position because Kentucky was desperate. And what do guys do? You play where you're told. Yep. You play where you're told. It's like uh, Patrick Ricard for the Ravens. He was a defensive tackle, and now he plays fullback. He's 6'3", 300 pounds. I love him. But he can way. move. Yeah. Now, I would do this every year. This has happened a couple of times. you got my pet peeve now. Did he play tackle or nose guard in the Ivy League? One or the other. Yeah. I'm sure of that. There was another guy who played for San Francisco forever. Was a The Bengals had a guy, too. I would always look, in this league in particular, the Ivy League, 
where their football is better than people think. Okay? And I would, first of all, uh, gee, the value of a smart football player? Oh, it's pretty valuable. What's the kid who's the rookie for the Bengals? He's from Princeton. He runs a 4-5. He's tall. He's a freak athlete. And he was drafted like 6th, 7th round, whatever the heck it was. And he's playing really well in, oh. in uh, training camp. It's kind of a weird name, whatever. The point is, if that kid played for Alabama, guess what? He'd been drafted much higher. Oh, man, I got to take that back. He wouldn't have started because of the guys they had. Excuse me. Excuse me. Let me take that back. If he played here, would he have started? Yes. 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 Andre Iosivas? That's it. Something yeah. like that. Something. You got to see the kid. Was he a sixth, seventh rounder? Yeah, sixth rounder, 6'2", 212. And, and look at the track athlete he is. He ran a 4'3'9". Yeah, That's yeah. his time. Okay, now look at his track, too, and the stuff yeah. he's done. When you read his bio, you know what my first thought was? Okay, not that he's a top 10 pick. Let's not get stupid here, okay? How is he not a first-day pick? A first-day pick. And, and why didn't other teams see this? So I think, let's say this kid has a really good career, and you say the Bengals did a great job. I have a different attitude about that. You know what that is? When Joe Montana had one of the greatest careers of all time, and they say, oh, look what San Francisco did. They drafted him. The truth is, San Francisco was also stupid. They just weren't as dumb as everybody else. <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm not saying, now Now you could say Montana should have been a top five pick. Okay. Nobody saw that coming out of college. You know what I saw? I thought he was a first-round draft pick. What the hell do I know? I'm not Mel Kuyper. I don't eat pie like he does every day. You know he eats pie every day? Wow. Good for him. Breakfast. Oh. I think it's custard. <laughs> you want to look it up? Help me out here. Every day, he eats custard pie. Every single day for breakfast. For like 30, 40 years, whatever it is. He's a different human being. Uh, maybe it's pumpkin pie. This here okay. says he eats two to three pumpkin pies a week. Okay. Well, it was, it was well, oh, pies a week. Yeah, but it looks like he eats it every day. Every day. Like total, Breakfast. he eats that many. I think he's cut down because he used, I've heard him talk about he, he like, your face is bright. Just trying to think of like how, <laughs> every day. Been, come on, dude. I've been with you since <laughs> the end of October. I've never seen that look. You have this look like that's weird and creepy and stupid. Yeah. Think I, of all the sugar he's putting in his body. That's, yeah. Every day. It's not like, oh, I'll have a cinnamon roll. It's, just, it's Saturday morning. Every day. Well, he's got a sugar face, doesn't he? You know yeah. what sugar face is? A little swollen. Yeah. I don't want to get sued. I'll leave it alone. You know what? <laughs> How old is Mel Kuyper? That's a good question. I'm, I'm, I'm not big on sugar, okay? And and by the way, I abuse sugar for about 65, 66 years. 63. Oh, I thought he was older. I did too. Yeah, he Maybe because he's... Yeah, and he's been covering the draft for what feels Forever. Like. Yeah. Yeah, and, and God bless him. And he belongs in the Hall of Fame. He, he really does, and that's fine, and I'm not knocking him, and I like his information, and he makes more. You know what they should do with him? They Why don't they do this with him? When the NCAA tournament comes out, and that's different. It's, it's a lot easier, but it's still difficult. I couldn't do it. If I learned how to do it, I think I could do it. I'm not going to study the numbers. But you got how many teams going to the NCAA tournament? 68. You got to figure out all the teams going in. Yeah. And you not only got to figure out, you're also trying to figure first seed, second seed, third seed, whatever. And these guys are great at it. Look, there should somebody should start rating the top three, four draft guys and see what percentage that they do. Why are they not doing it? Some people, well, people unofficially do with I, their the latest mock drafts. There's there's people online that will grade out of the quote unquote you know experts. Uh, who has the best final mock draft? Okay, uh, uh, it's not pushed enough, and right. I haven't seen yeah. it, so that's my yeah, bad. Yeah, it's not like a main, like ESPN doesn't, but they should. You know why ESPN doesn't? 
because they don't want to look bad on themselves. No, because Kuiper's never there at the top. Well, that, that's true. <laughs> I don't think he is. And the other thing, too, is ESPN has fired so many good people. There are so many people much younger than you working. Now, there are some very talented people younger, but they had a lot of really older people who were veterans who were really good. Some of these younger people will end up being really good. But they let people go that were they, – they let some of the better writers in the world. Todd McShay was one of them. I don't think he and Mel ever liked each other. I know they kissed and made up all the time. Yeah. That had to be a, a bad thing. Anyway, it need it needs to be rated. You look at the kid at Princeton. I'm just saying mistakes are made all the time. I never thought I would, you know, it's 16 after. The thing I was going to play at 1201, we still haven't played. <laughs> all right. This is really cool. I think we've all seen this kind of video. A walk-on gets what? A scholarship. And it's a beautiful thing. And, and, and I don't know. Jimmy, if you've probably seen at least 30 of these things on Twitter, if not more. Oh, this time of year, they're the best. Yeah. I love it. And I don't care what school it is. I will always hit it because the joy is off the charts. I often wonder if guys think something's going on because yeah. it's always videotape. Now, a lot of speeches by a coach are videotaped, not all the time. So if all of a sudden the camera is there – these kids aren't stupid. They're college kids. They know something is going on. Yeah, you can tell in this one, too, his teammates do. And that's the coolest is it's never the kid that gets the scholarships that's the most excited. That's the cool part. It's all the teammates that just bum rush him. And it's the it's like it's their best day of their life when they see their friend and their teammate get announced that he's getting a scholarship. That's the coolest part. I think sometimes the reaction from the teammates is better. You want to know why? Why? Because the kid who gets a scholarship is in shock. Yeah, yeah. Plus, how many times have you seen the soundbite afterwards that they're happy for their mom and dad yeah. who don't have to pay the way anymore? Yeah. Okay, this just happened to Kentucky. And, and I have a long list that was given to me. I'll tell you by who in a second. And I think there's one missing. This family has been, Jimmy, so successful with athletes. And by the way, you play at Kentucky, that's great. You play at Center College, that's great. You play at Georgetown College, that's great. You guys did a nice bit with Midway College today. I really mm -hmm. like that, by the way, what you and Matthew did. That's really cool. There's all kinds of great people, great coaches, and great athletes, male and female, all over the place. So the, the, the stuff that you're doing, I, I think that's really good. I, I applaud you on it. Plus, guess what? Really nice person. I can't think of a name. I'm sorry. And they will love you forever for publicity, but that's not why you did it. You did it because it was really good. And I think some people who know nothing about Midway, because you prefer – you guys presented it in a positive way. I think people would listen. I was interested. Yeah. I didn't turn over to, uh, what's his name? Uh, what's his name? Oh, Matt Jones. That guy. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> Who's not on today, but that's neither here nor there. Anyway, this happened. We'll tell you who in a second. This happened at Kentucky. And to me, it's a beautiful thing. That's not a hype. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And by the way, I remember in high school, he, this kid can play. And by the way, there are walk-ons at schools like Kentucky. Some, some could be stars at other schools. 
And when I say low level, I'm sorry. I, it's not degrading. Could this kid play at Eastern Kentucky? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. By the way, Walt Wells will be on tomorrow. Patrick McKinney, their quarterback, is a stud. Is a stud, as I mentioned yesterday. He could have gone to a much bigger school for his sixth year. I almost said 16th to be obnoxious about it. And, and, but he stayed because it's Eastern Kentucky. Only school to offer him a scholarship. I think that's beautiful. Anyway, it's Cole Lanter, Boyle County. So I think I'm off by one here. And this is courtesy of Bo Lanter. Have I told you the Bo Lanter story? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Walked on it, Kentucky, got a scholarship. They're playing Mississippi State. I think it's the 81-82 season. When the game's over, guess what Fultogs always do? Shut the camera off or get the handshake. Bo's in the game. Game's over. Buzzer hits. For whatever reason, it's the greatest moment of his athletic life happened by accident. He throws up like a 75-footer. And, and there were two things amazing about it. One, it went in, okay. And two, I always marvel at people that can throw up a shot 60 feet, and it's not a heave, it's a shot. <laughs> Have you ever tried to throw up a half-court shot and make it look like a shot? Yeah. You're a big, strong dude. Yeah. You're much stronger than me. Could you do it? Yeah, I've. but it's not an easy – it's not like you could catch and shoot and catch and shoot. Right. You do one of them, and you got to take a, a couple gather steps. Yeah, you okay. Know. Yeah. But but it's – I think – It's a lot further than you think yes. it is when you get out there. Tougher yeah. than you, it's tougher yeah. than you think. He throws it up like he flipped it, <laughs> okay? I'm not kidding you. And, and nothing but net. So we kept on playing it and playing it and playing it, and he's got it. It's VHS or whatever it is. So we have, I've been friends both with ever. So I, I text him, and, and I thought it was his grandson. It's his nephew. I can't keep. I, and I'm laughing, and Bo was laughing too. I can't keep up with the family. Todd works here. Yeah, his cousin. Uh, yeah, his cousin. So are they cousins with Cole? Yes. Yeah, that's what Cole's cousin is. Todd Landry. That's okay. Yeah. I was guessing, but I wasn't sure. Yeah. Okay. So the family. You got Todd here, right? Kendall. Southern Miss soccer, Bailey, Eastern Kentucky soccer. I think Keith Farmer did a story on her. On George's side of the family, Allison Tate Denton, basketball at Carson Newman, Clay Tate basketball at David Lipscomb, Kelly Wade, now Owens, soccer at David Lipscomb, Casey Wade, now Shelter, soccer at David Lipscomb, Chris Wade, remember the shortstop? Good player, UK baseball. There's at least somebody else. And by the way, I don't know all these grades, but I, as I recall, any Lanter that I knew had great grades and were great kids. Kids. Hmm. <laughs> I apologize. I'm hmm. old. But, you know, what happens is because not all these people. Did we put some of these people on, on LAX 18? Oh, yeah. I think almost half. Not, some of them, not a lot. Let's be real. Close to half. Not the point. The point is I think that's great. I, I just think that's great. Okay, I, I, I need to mention before I go any further what we're doing tomorrow. Corey Price, and you remember the first time I had him on, I don't know if you remember the introduction, I said he's going to become a much bigger name as time goes on. Yeah. Young guy, <laughs> loves Kentucky with all his heart. He's Tom Leach's stat guy in the broadcast booth. And he's helped me uh, when I went crazy on Christian Alt. When he wasn't in the UK Athletics Hall of Fame and he got in the Hall of Fame, I texted him and I said, hey, Corey, would you help me with some stats? Yeah. Can you give me a few hours for a day? Yeah. And when he presented the stats, Jimmy's you recall, I went nuts when Chris was here and afterwards. And maybe it's a coincidence, maybe not. But Chris Chenault should have been in the Hall of Fame, UK Athletics Hall of Fame, decades ago. Funny how he just got in after we did the rant. 
Do I think I affected it? Probably. Will I get credit? No. Does it matter? No. What matters is Chris was now where he belonged. Chris is a great guy. Number two all-time in UK tackles, number five in the history of the SEC when he left here. Why was he not in forever ago? The point is, Corey knows his stuff. He loves history. I like reporters. He's not a reporter who loves history. His idea, Jimmy, he put together, and over 50 have voted on it, vote on your top football players. He wanted four teams, and I couldn't do four. So I gave him one, and I gave it thought because I think there's a fairness issue. Um, the top players in the history of Commonwealth Stadium because it's 50 years. Now it's Kroger Field. Respect to Kroger, but it started at Commonwealth Stadium. And, and there's, there's some great players. So he is putting a list together. And he said to me, you know, I'm surprised nobody else did it. You know what? Me too. But he thought of it. So he will break that list tomorrow, exclusively live, uh-huh. and then it'll be on Twitter and all kinds of other places. And I appreciate Corey doing it here. By the way, also tomorrow, my buddy Keith Farmer, LEX18, who does a great job. Also tomorrow, Walt Wells, Eastern Kentucky. And as uh, Steve Mossy pointed out yesterday, uh, I think it was yesterday, the anniversary that his life was saved by the AED machines. And, and I really like what he's doing in Eastern Kentucky. Um, then also tomorrow, Mark Tidrow, play-by-play man for Ball State, will be on the air. Uh, on Thursday, this, this pleases me to no end. He's changing his schedule to do this. And, and I would never ask somebody to change his schedule. Shane Boyd, who is one of my favorite people ever. I mean, we go back. I was doing stories with him when he was a sophomore at Henry Clay. Uh, and he's doing great. Uh, he was the last quarterback to beat Guess who? Ball State. The last time they played, if I read that right. I'm pretty sure that's right. So I said, what a great time to have Shane on the air. Shane is the best. He, he's just the best. He will be here on Thursday. Uh, also, we're going to do this the day before Kentucky plays. Brad Taylor of the bottom line will join our show early to talk about the gambling acts action. I've talked to Brad about this months ago. He said he'd be happy to. The gambling action, whatever Kentucky's playing football or basketball. So that will be part of that, too. And Friday, you know you know what I've booked for Friday? Nothing. No show. Oh. No show. By the way, next week, Scott Boley. Does that name ring a bell? Yes, but I don't know why. Cutter Boley's dad. Okay. We'll be yeah. live in the studio. And then we hope to have Cutter on also sometime. So we're working on a bunch of stuff. So a couple things. One, uh, I'm excited for Corey Price doing this with the list. Two, come on, eight hours on the tarmac and you have to play a baseball game the next day, that's just past ridiculous. Uh, David Sisk, who's been on our show many, many times, right? And uh, we'll ask him to come back closer to basketball. But uh, he put up uh, Jasper Johnson. We had Dennis on the air the other day, and they're going to try to put together a basketball tournament in honor of his late great dad, Alvis Johnson. Could be a doubleheader. So he says, uh, this is the tweet. Jasper Johnson is getting ready to experience a big life change. A five-star junior point guard will be leaving Kentucky home for Link Academy in Missouri. That's not breaking news. He's just putting it out there. One thing that hasn't changed, this is kind of an update. I had heard this, but coming from him, he's got it. One thing that hasn't changed is Kentucky's consistent communication with the homegrown point guard. John Calipari offered Johnson in May, and talks between the two have been frequent ever since. So that tells everybody the obvious. Cal really wants him, and Cal is taking the lead on it. And if Cal is talking to him a lot, have you seen him play? Mm-mm. Oh, Jimmy. You know the old expression, he's a long glass of water? No, yeah. 
He's tall. Tall drink of water. Yeah, tall drink of water. Thank you. I'm sorry. He's tall. He's obviously very athletic. I wouldn't call him skinny, but he's on the thin side. And he's going to fill out. Um, Oh, my gosh. You look at him and you're going, first of all, you got the Johnson name and the Johnson family. So what is the last thing I'm concerned about if the name is Johnson from that family? Your work ethic. (laughs) Really? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't know this. I'll just speak out of turn. I'll be shocked if he doesn't have great grades. I would Dennis put up with that? No. So um, Kentucky's all over him, and they should be. They absolutely should be. Uh, ooh, we're late. Couple quick notes. Quick notes. Uh, Roman Harper, SEC Network, says Leary should be the new coming of the year in the SEC. And I want to do more on this, maybe some other time. I'm just going to leave this. I find this comical, and I want you to say something on this, Jimmy. Texas coach Steve Sarkinian was a little surprised by recent comments from the Big 12 commissioner, Brent Yormark. Is that how you pronounce his name? I know he's been around for a while. I've read the name, but I've never heard anybody pronounce it anyway. Publicly told Texas Tech coach Joey McGuire he better take care of business against the Longhorns. Longhorns are leaving the conference. Yeah, yeah. See, that doesn't bother me. So, I guess the way I'm reading this, Sarkeesian didn't like it. Who gives a rats? Yeah, it seems it's probably just one of those where you can manufacture that into being more motivation. Yeah. Like, but no, I don't. What's wrong with that? It makes sense. You're leaving the conference. The other, Texas A&M's not. We'll kick their ass. We don't want them here. Exactly. We want to kick your fanny. It's because someone else said it about you. You don't like it, but you could have said the exact same thing and you would understand. See, the fact that he's bothered by that, Sarkeesian, my comment's on Sarkeesian. Really? You're getting ready for the season this bothers you? You should laugh it off. You know what that tells me? He's a little too uptight. Little things to me are big things when I try to evaluate somebody. You know what I'd do if I was him? I'd laugh it off. Yeah. I'd just laugh it off. Or if I thought there was something to it, I'd put it on the bulletin board. Yeah, which he probably still will. Yeah. And he probably did. When he first heard it, he probably laughed it off. I don't like know. He doesn't care. Some of these coaches are more sensitive than you think. Not all. Maybe. Percentage, I don't know. No. Guess what? You would think these guys wouldn't be thin-skinned with all the crap they take. And coaches take too much crap. And just because you're making millions of dollars, that doesn't mean you should have to take crap. I will stand by that. Well, he makes a lot of money, so why do he take crap? Excuse me? Excuse me? No, I disagree with that. Treat people right. Some of the garbage that athletes take and coaches take is just wrong. Criticize Cal? Okay. Get personal with Cal? No. How about the people that trolled his daughters? I find That's past disgusting. And Cal's not the only one. Not the only one. It's... Are there hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of coaches on all levels that have to put up with this crap? Yes. And it's wrong in every case. I don't care if you don't like the coach. Don't like the coach. Don't attack the family. Say, I think this coach stinks and why. Okay? I like this coach and why. It's people are awful. Okay, coming up next, the Hall of Famer. The Hall of Famer. I love this guy. He's a treasure. He's just a treasure. How McCoy, 859-533-0914, 859-533-0914, acupuncture, Ramon Cariega, talk about him all the time. You deserve to take care of yourself. You deserve to help yourself. You deserve to find out what these pins that are stuck in your body, what it can do for you. Uh, I screwed up my knee again, and I'm gonna, Terry will help with it, but I saw Ramon yesterday. 
So this is what he did. He put pins all around my knee. It was, I'm not exaggerating. Yesterday was like a grapefruit. Today, is all the swelling gone? No. Almost all of it? Yeah. From one session in acupuncture. Seriously. Then I bought some, some liniment he put together to put on your knee twice a day, and I did. All I know, I have movement that's 80% better than yesterday. Still not right. I hope it's right in about a week or so. And he helped. And I bet Terry helps next time I see her. Anyway, Ramon Cariega, I'm telling you, these people are special. Blue Lotus Health, not far from the studio. 859-533-0914. The Alan Cutler Show on ESPN 92.5 and 1300 AM and on the ESPN Lexington app. Presented by Republic Bank. At Don Franklin, we're more than a group of car dealerships. We're hardworking, everyday people of Kentucky. We strive daily to give 110% to our customers, our employees, and our families. We are committed to providing everyone with a safe and reliable vehicle. And we continue our tradition of supporting our local communities. At all 24 dealerships across Kentucky, we will treat you like family. Don Franklin Family of Dealerships, we are Kentucky. When you're a Republic Bank customer, your financial life is always close at hand. The Republic Bank mobile app makes it easy to deposit checks, pay bills, and send money to friends and family from almost anywhere. Plus, you can view your transaction history, transfer funds, and even find the nearest banking center or ATM all from your mobile device. Republic Bank. It's just easier here. Message and data rates may apply from your wireless carrier. Member FDIC. Houchins Insurance Group is proud to partner with Auto Owners Insurance, a company that provides opportunity for independent agents to make insurance simple for their clients, offering risk management services that range from a renter's policy for your college student to home and auto coverage for your entire family. Houchins Insurance Group assures you that nobody works harder to keep you protected from life's uncertainties. Reach out to A.J. Boss or Zach Bennett at 859-263-2771 to see if Auto Owners Insurance makes sense for you. It's summertime, and that means it's time to hit the road. Whether you're heading across town or across the state, going on a picnic to a baseball game or driving to the lake, stop by, fill up, and stock up at Clark's Pump and Shop, your road trip headquarters. Clark's Pump and Shop has everything you need to get you to your summertime destination, including planters, nuts, buy two tubes, get one free, and assorted Pringles large cans, two for $5. Clark's Pump and Shop, return, refresh, refuel. Take us along wherever you may roam. We love to roam. Get our app by searching ESPN Lexington in your app store. Lexington area weather. Another chance of rain and storm south and east of Lexington for your Tuesday. North and west of Lexington, you'll be good to go. Temperatures today reaching the low 80s locally. Tonight, things clear out. Lows falling into the upper 50s and low 60s, giving us really nice weather on the way for your Wednesday and Thursday. Temperatures below average into the upper 70s and low 80s. I'm ABC 36 Storm Team Meteorologist. Doing good day. Back to No Filter Radio with Alan Cutler. Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, and Google Monday through Friday. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, it's the one, the only, the Hall of Famer, one of my favorite people, literally one of my favorite people who's probably got a really nice stogie and three dogs around him, and a partridge and a juniper tree, in the Baseball Hall of Fame, the Baseball Hall of Fame, been covering the Reds for only 45 years, 
Mr. Hal McCoy, Hal, how are you? I'm frightened to death now. You have a camera in my man cave because I have a cigar in my hand and three doggies right close at hand. That is unbelievable. Well, that's you, and that's a beautiful thing. It's a, it's a beautiful thing, and I bet it's a good stogie knowing you, right? Oh, absolutely. has to be the best. Okay, okay. So uh, I, I'm going to give the Reds a pass just for last night. You sit eight freaking hours on the tarmac because you got mechanical problems for a plane, and you get to San Francisco 4 a.m. Pacific time and got to play the game the next day, and they didn't make excuses. Okay, they're not playing well right now, but you got to give these – I don't care if it was the Yankees. I don't care if it was the Indians. Sometimes – you know, stuff like this happens, and, and you got no juice to play, right? I I don't understand the FAA rules about making people sit on an airplane on the tarmac for hours and hours and hours and not let them get off. That's just incomprehensible. And, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, if they were sleepwalking, they had a right to. I wasn't going to touch that because when no, – I, I never did eight hours. I think I'd done four. I think that's what I said to Jimmy. And it was disgusting. As I have. Yeah, I'm sure you have. Come on, you've flown a lot more than I have. But as I told Jimmy, they weren't even bringing around a cart for water. (laughs) I had to get up and say something. And then they still didn't bring it around if anybody wants it. So I got water from me, and then I went up. You know what I said? I want a beer, and they gave me a beer. I wasn't going to pay for it. It was, you know, (laughs) because I had gone up before it. You know, you shouldn't have to pay for a beer. You're on a tarmac that long. But the point is, as as, I said, hey, you know, I just got some water. You're going to have to ask for it. They wouldn't bring a cart around. It's, yeah, it's, it's, people should get fired for that. Isn't there training yeah, for that crap? It's supposed to be. That's just uh, incomprehensible, too, that they would do something like that to a plane full of passengers. Okay, I got an issue. And All right. I, uh, this Abbott stuff is driving me nuts. It really is driving me nuts. And I get, and I've talked about this, you know, uh, Johnson, the pitching coach, I, I, the Reds, I'm sure, are not the only team that does this. You know, as the season goes on, they, 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 they do strengths tests to see if your strength is getting worse because you're getting sore and stuff like that, and they're monitoring Abbott like everybody monitors their guys, but still all these surgeries happen. This kid is so far past more innings than he's ever pitched in his life, and once he passed that, since that time, he's basically stunk. Why the hell are they pitching this guy? Why not shut him down? This kid was great. He can't put the ball where he wants which is always scary to me because when guys can't do that, it's often, as you know, a sign that there's an injury there. He was terrible last night. He was just he, uh, terrible again, and, and he's been terrible since he, What the hell is wrong with the Reds to say, okay, sit this guy, sit him. This is a treasure. They have a find in this young lefty. He's been at times spectacular, and, and he's been terrible. He's, you can't pitch a human being that much when he hasn't pitched that much. There's no doubt about that, and uh, I'm screaming at the TV set that you know you're going to ruin this kid. You're going to ruin his arm. It's just you know you got to, as you said, you got a treasure. You got a pitcher who could uh, be dominant for years and years, and uh, you're sending him out there. He hadn't pitched more than 115 innings at any time in his life, and he's uh, now approaching 150 innings, and he's getting his uh, brains beat out. Not only do they risk hurting his arm, they're destroying his confidence, and uh, that's uh, as important as uh, as anything. I mean, they're dead. They're not going anywhere. So why risk it? Why keep running him out there thinking that uh, you're going to make a wild card spot, and if you do, you're going to go into the playoffs and, and make a quick exit? It's just uh, unbelievable that they would do that to somebody like that. You know, with all the love I've given the organization this year, which is surprising to me, I never saw this happening, this this is taking a lot of it away from me. 
I mean, if you look at his baseball card, he's only pitched 88 innings in the major leagues. But I'm talking about the whole season because he was in the minor leagues for a long time, and they should have called him up earlier, and I was screaming for that on this show, but neither here nor there. He struck out 99 <laughs> in 88 innings. He's only given up 74 hits. And, and he's 8-4. and four. In other words, he's he's got a better win-loss percentage than the team does by far. And, and he's I, – I, I, oh, if this kid ends up ripping his arm and needing surgery and he's two years out before he's he's good again or maybe a year plus out – it would be the most disgusting thing the Reds have done in years because anything that's as obvious as nose on my face, please, please, that, why do you do this to people? Yep, but somebody should uh, have their heads roll if that happens to the kid. Maybe uh, it should happen now because what they're doing is uh, it's against everything that uh, baseball stands for. It's, uh, I mean, the kid was untouchable for the uh, first half of the season, and you could see how great he was going to be. But to push him beyond the limits is uh, just uh, something that uh, somebody's somebody's got to pay for. Well, here's the other thing. Now, you lived in clubhouses. I might know a little bit about clubhouses, but you lived in clubhouses. <laughs> the other guys on the team aren't stupid. They know he should be shut down. They can't say anything if Jim Day sticks a mic in their face, and I get that, so do you. But they will also lose confidence in the ability of management to make a decision when one of their own, one of their brothers, one of their teammates is not handled properly, now if something happens to them, they will have less faith in the Reds organization's ability to make a decision. I believe that strongly, Hal. I not only believe it, I lived it. Uh, as you say, uh, I spent years and years and years in the clubhouse, and I've seen it happen before, and uh, players will call me aside and, of course, they'll talk off the record, but they'll say, you know, what is management doing? Uh, it's happened before, but as you say, players know what's going on, and they know uh, what they're possibly doing to this kid. You think they're feeling the pressure of management to get in the playoffs instead of thinking, okay, we've got to take care of people? you got to take care of people. you got to take care of people. Yeah, absolutely. I, that's the only thing I can see is that they think they can still make the playoffs, and uh, so they're going to. They're going to risk ruin a kid's career. Uh, I, I just don't understand it. As I said, uh, they're showing right now that they're not going to make the playoffs. So uh, shut the kid down. Uh, shut Hunter Green down. Uh, don't risk these kids. Uh, there's something not right with Hunter Green. You know, all I know is this. I'm not a pitching coach. Don't play him on TV. I really, really, really like the pitching coach. Here's a guy. Now, you, you've probably talked to Greg Maddox 50 times, I'm guessing. So this guy can <laughs> throw 103. Great. God bless. I don't want him to throw 103. You know, he's a big, strong man. He seems like, a, you know, from the interview, seems like a very mature young man, too. But the point is, have him throw 98-99. He gets injured a lot, I think, because the torque of his body is pulling his body apart. It's as obvious as the nose on my face. How about teaching him, gee, if you, if you throw smoother and easier and you're throwing 98 or 96 and you can put the ball with you want, you can be a better pitcher. I look at this kid, I'm going, yeah, you know, he has two innings where he's unbelievable. The ball gets up, somebody hits him. Ah, man, where's the common sense in it? This is not about throwing 103 miles an hour. It's just not. Yeah, I think if he uh, cuts it down to 97, 98, 99, he might get more movement because uh, he throws over 100, and uh, big league hitters just tee off on it. 100 miles an hour doesn't mean anything to them. They see it all the time. Unfortunately, I think Green is trying to live up to his press clippings. I mean, he was a 
Sports Illustrated cover boy and uh, has all the hoopla around him. And it's, uh, it was all about throwing 101, 102 miles an hour. And you can see him on the mound, the effort that he puts into each pitcher, each pitch. It, uh, uh, you know, he's not smooth. Uh, he puts a lot of uh, strain on that arm. And I think that's why he's been on the DL twice already this year. And uh, there's another risk they're going to take with a young pitcher. How? They have coaches to counsel young people. To tell them to chill out. I'll go one further. What about their teammates talking to them? Because so much of the coaching that goes on happens from teammate to teammate. You know, you live that. So is there nobody in that bullpen or nobody on that staff who's got enough juice, who's been around enough to say, hey, kid, hey, kid, throw 97-98. You won't get hurt as much. Maybe your ball moves better. Because how many times, millions of times, exaggeration, have you seen another pitcher help another pitcher and it wasn't a pitching coach? Uh, a, a batter who plays every day helps another batter with their hitting thing. Is there is there no one there to help this kid? Well, I have deep respect for Derek Johnson and what he's uh, what he's accomplished throughout. But uh, as far as uh, somebody helping the kid, that's the one thing the Reds don't have. They don't have that veteran presence in the bullpen anymore. They don't have a Lewis Castillo or they don't have a, a Wade Miley or uh, anybody like that who has been through it who could take a kid aside and say, look, you're not going to be a thrower, you're going to be a pitcher, and here's how you do it. If the Reds don't have anybody, I don't think they would uh, uh, be able to stand up to the kid and say that, unfortunately. This was scary when I saw the video, and I'll tell you why in a second, why I looked at it a second time. Um, Acuna, who's, to me, the best player in the National League. I know he's now behind Mookie Betts, and I'm okay if either one win the MVP. But he was confronted by a couple of fans last night on Coors Field. And as bad as that was, you know what really bothered me more than anything? More than anything. What was that? I'm counting one Mississippi, two Mississippi, <laughs> three Mississippi. The security guys who probably could beat me in the 40, okay, but couldn't break seven seconds in the 40. It took him a while to get out there. You've got all these teammates that are fast. None of them quickly came to his aid. None of them. I, 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 that's the part that I didn't hear on SportsCenter. You're being attacked. You can call it confronted. I say attacked. Nobody tackled him. The third baseman, the third base coach, the shortstop, they had to run by these people. That that those guys never should have made it to Acuna. His teammates should have run and tackled him. Were they afraid? Were they chicken? Don't tell me they didn't see. Don't tell me you didn't see. And don't tell me the Braves have a closed clubhouse. That's bull. That's BS. Yeah. What if those uh, so-called fans had a gun or a knife? And that's and why I think their teammates didn't help them. They were scared. Probably. Probably so. Yep. But not. I'll go back to. Way back uh, when a, uh, a fan tried to burn the American flag and Rick Mundy was playing center field at the time for the Dodgers tackled the guy. Yep. Uh, that, that showed me some guts there. I remember that. I remember yes. that. But he should have gotten to the outfield. Nope. Should not have got out of the stands. Well, that's true, too. But once you get out of the stands, you got a third-base coach there. Okay, even if the yep. crowd is loud, somebody can scream, the other guys will hear. Let's say, do I think... Every fielder had their head turned and didn't see it? Nope. Do I think they all probably saw it? Yup. Where the hell were your teammates? 
That's just what I was going to say. You, you, Acuna has to lose some respect for some of his teammates for not coming to his uh, to his aid. That's, let, that's for sure. Let me tell you what I would do. I've been yelling, screaming, and cursing now from him in Spanish and English before the media <laughs> comes in in the locker room. I'd have been going yep. nuts on my teammates. Yep. Nuts. Where are you guys? Yeah, are you my teammates? Are you you got my back or not? Right, right. And to me, that's the secondary story. Is nobody going to write that story? Are, are are the reporters now the beat reporters so butt kissing that they won't ask him with his interpreter? Are you upset that none of your teammates? And then go to Riley, and then go to other guys in the clubhouse. I'm not picking on Riley; he's a great third baseman. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Say, uh, yeah. uh, how come you didn't try to tackle this guy? Yeah, absolutely. I, you're telling me something I didn't know because I hadn't uh, read anything about it or seen anything about it on Sports Center or MLB. It's news to me. It's uh, unbelievable. Uh, Kevin Pillar started in left field for the Braves on Monday. I'm reading this off ESPN, was right near the incident when it occurred. Quote, I don't think they had any ill intentions. I think it was pretty evident early on, he said of the two fans. We have these rules and regulations. We were supposed to feel safe on the field, and thankfully they weren't there to do any harm. Where the hell was he? That if yeah, you think they're not absolutely. doing anything, how about running out there? Because guess what? Now, Acuna is obviously a hell of an athlete and fast and strong, but uh, is he trained in fighting? You got how many guys out there? Wasn't there three guys out two or three guys out there, you don't think you want to then deter them? I'm telling did, you, this is a bigger story than it's being told. And how does Pilar know they had no ill will intent? Thank you very yeah, much. He, yes. Yeah, he's, he's assuming something that he absolutely does not know. Now, uh, I'm guessing you know Brian Snitker, the skipper, right? Because he's been around baseball right. forever. Okay. Yep. He said, you don't want to see that happen. Duh. <laughs> no kidding. You don't know what they will do when they get out there. It's a scary situation. That's an Absolutely. honest comment. You know yep. what? Although he's slow, he should have been running. Maybe he was not in the camera, okay? But you know what happened, <laughs> though? When they finally broke this up, you would think there would have been some footage of, let's say, all the Braves being around this and whatever. Nothing. 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 Yep. Nothing. <laughs> and I got to tell you, the sports talk shows in Atlanta, if they don't lead with this part of it, shame on them. You know what I think? Hal, here's the summation of what I'm doing. I think you got reporters that are too chicken to ask the question. I could not agree with you more. Towards the uh, end of my career of uh, traveling with the team, and that I I noticed that the the uh, I think with the influx of MLB reporters, uh, they're working for Major League Baseball, and they don't ask the tough questions. I got a couple of guys who will no longer speak to me because uh, I wrote that one time. I could see that. And, yep. and you know what the hypocrisy of that is? You make What's your living that? writing and talking about other things and other things that happen. Good things, right. bad things, whatever. And you can't take any criticism? Then I would have even less respect for you. Less <laughs> respect for you. I'm sorry. I just ripped you. Look. I rip a lot of people. I also compliment a lot of people. Somebody wants to rip me, okay. I hope it's legitimate. You know what I'm saying? Right. You don't like me? Right. I get it. I'm sure there are people that don't like me. That's fine. I got no problem with that, okay? <laughs> <clears throat> you want to say Cutler has a big mouth? Well, gee, that's not breaking news. But this <laughs> this is no filter, okay? And, and the first right. thing I thought of was, I'm not kidding you, 
once I saw he was okay, was where the hell are his teammates? Where the hell are his teammates? All you hear about from uh, all the major league teams, good ones, mediocre, bad ones, is uh, we have a great uh, respect for each other. We love each other. We are all together. And then something like that happens, and uh, I don't think so. I don't think you're all together if you're not going to protect a teammate in that kind of a incident. All right, here's a dumb question. Can I ask you a dumb question? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, of all the major league teams, how many you think teammates would have come out on the field to support him and stop it? Probably none. In this uh, in this uh, social element that we have these days, and uh, uh, all the people carrying weapons, and uh, all the shootings we mass shootings we see, they're probably afraid. They're probably they see something like that see two guys running on the field i'm not going to go there i'm not going to get shot i'm not going to get stabbed okay then am i being a jerk by being that critical of his teammates no absolutely not i think it is highly merited and i'm with you all the way on that Uh, i just can't uh, believe that nobody came to his aid Uh, let me go one more the first thing the first thing you see i was gonna say the first thing you see uh on the field when uh, a pitcher throws at a hitter and uh, uh, they think that they're doing it on purpose they all rush on the field but usually it's gma i call it general milling around they don't really do anything but uh they should all they should empty the bullpen they should have emptied the dugout when uh, those two guys ran on the field they should never been able to get close to acuna um hal you're worse than i am you want to know why (laughs) why (laughs) i'm surprised by your answer because i i would have said because i'm just telling my thought agree or disagree doesn't matter I would have thought that just about every major league team, no one would come out, but I figured that a few would. You're telling me you don't think yeah. anybody did. You know what? How seriously? That makes me sad. I know. It does me too, but that's that's what I think, and that's, that's what I believe. Because I've seen people run on the field before, running around in the outfield, and you see these uh, security guys trying to chase them, and the players are standing with their arms folded. It's, you don't it, see it, any of them tackling them. It, it's awful. Yeah, it, it is. It, it's really, for some reason, I don't know how it really bothers me. <laughs> you, you know why? Yeah. You know why? Because of the phoniest, phoniness of it all. Yeah, what you were right. saying. Oh, yeah, he's my brother. Yeah. We got a great clubhouse. I saw a yeah, story the other day where the, where the Braves were talking about how they have such a good time and they love to pick and each other and stuff like that. And how many millions of times did you see if there's a kind of a baseball fight coming on, the bullpens sprint out. Mm-hmm. They sprint right. out. Sprint, no, exactly. nobody, nobody did squat. This is BS. No. This is disgusting. Nope. That's what I call it, GMA, general milling around. I think my blood pressure is good. My cortisol level, which I need to get <laughs> lower, is is probably too high. You're not helping, Jimmy. Jimmy's laughing at me right now. <laughs> not the first time he's laughed at me. Gosh darn yeah. it, Hal. I, I know we're spending a long time on this, but it, uh, there's other things I wanted to talk to you about. This just... It just, I love baseball, and this takes away some of the shine by by what these guys, the Braves, did last night. Yep, I'm with you. I love baseball uh, uh, more than anything except my uh, my family and friends and uh, and my dogs. But, uh, you know, I, I just see more and more of things like this that uh, kind of take my love away from the game. And I'm glad I covered it when I did, and, uh, I, you know, I still cover it from afar now, but... Uh, uh, it's not the same game. 
Hal, you disappointed me. You said family, right? Your friends. Yes. Your dogs. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought mm-hmm. you were going to add a cigar. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know you, pal. I know you. <laughs> and I would have bet you a cigar in that, too. Yeah. <laughs> that baseball would be number five now. Oh, uh, Jose yeah. Rio has given you some really good cigars. Who else has given you really good cigars? Oh, I would uh, like to think you're going to tell me there's a whole lot of people who made a whole lot more money than you and I ever made doing what we did, not because of the money part, but could smoke really good cigars. You know, cigars that, you know, right. you're not going to buy. Right. Which you just say, and not to bribe you or do anything or any of that crap. Yeah. Just to, I would have think. Please tell me I'm right. Dozens and dozens, you are, you, dozens and you dozens, are right. and dozens and dozens and dozens of guys who could smoke a fifty dollars cigar, and not think twice about it, but would just hand you one and weren't really expecting anything in return. Am I right? Yeah, not dozens and dozens and dozens, but uh, cigar, cigar smokers are uh, a breed where we share, we exchange cigars all the time. But as far as uh, guys giving me cigars, uh, Bobby Cox, the old Atlanta manager. Uh, he was a great cigar smoker. As a matter of fact, on a Sunday morning, I went into uh, uh, the Atlanta clubhouse, and, and Bobby was in his office with a bunch of his coaches, and I stuck my head in, and uh, hey, uh, I said, oh, I'm sorry. And he said, no, no, no. Hey, you guys get out of here. So he invited me in, shut the door, and we smoked cigars. And he was always good about <laughs> that. About his coaching staff. The yes, smoker's yes, cigar he did. with you. <laughs> yes, yes, he you're, did. You're the best, Hal. <laughs> and and Jack McKeon would always give me some really good cigars, and uh, uh, there were a few. Yeah, there were a few. Last one. When's the last time you talked to Jack McKeon? Uh, about two weeks ago. Oh, all right. He's, the guy. He's ninety one. The guy's he's ninety one years old and sharp as a tack, and he's, he hates the game right now. Well, you but think I, he, you think so, he would talk? To, I mean, I've talked to him, but he doesn't know me. I mean, he knows. He you would. Know, would he talk to me? Absolutely, he'll talk to anybody. Okay, I, off. off the air, I'm, uh, uh, I'd love. I I loved any time I could hear him talk. Loved it. Oh, he's, loved it. He's unbelievable. He, and believe it or not, he still scouts for the Orioles. That's what I understand. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. he should scout. Are there, as long as he's got his faculties, God bless him. How many people are smarter than he is when it comes to evaluating talent, seeing things that other people can't see? Yeah, absolutely, and and. Two weeks ago, we were talking, uh, and I mentioned the fact that my good friend Aaron Boone is going to get fired. He said, I'll manage the Yankees. I'll manage any team they want me to manage right now. 91 years old. He would like to beat Connie Mack's record. That's a great idea. Nobody would give him a shot, would they? No, nobody would give him a shot. Could he handle it physically? When I say physically, the travel and stuff like that? Uh, probably not, although, like I say, on the on the phone, he's still very sharp, and, and, and he goes out and scouts. So, but uh, the 162 games—that's that's a lot. Probably, that's a lot to travel would probably get to him. Well, you know what they did with Harry Carey. I know you know this that uh, yeah that they would bring a limousine inside the stadium at the bottom of the elevator, right? Which I right. thought was you know, and why didn't they do that for Nuxy? I went nuts on LW about that, by the way. <laughs> oh. They were ticked off. The Reds were really mad at me. They were really, really oh, yeah. Well, you make, you make too much sense, man. No, because the Reds are so cheap, they wouldn't spend the money. Nuxie was Yeah, a, that's true. Nuxie was a um, a treasure, a, a not, more than a natural resource. Red, Joe Nuxall was, 
a beautiful human being. Everybody loved the guy. I would say, Nuxy, you tell me what I need to do to have you do this longer. I don't care. Just tell me what What do you want? Do you want a limousine? Great. You want a limousine? Great. You want more golf on the road? What do you want? <laughs> you do that with people like, oh, what? They, and they, oh, I went nuts. I had I had so much respect for Nuxy when I was doing the second inning with Marty Brenneman. I would go into the booth and Nuxy would start to get up out of his chair to give me his chair. I said, "No, I'm not sitting in your chair. You stay right there, my friend." Amen. Amen. Oh, oh. Okay, I got two things. Uh, you're you give me time all the time. Uh, I love talking to you. Uh, your knowledge is off the chart. Uh, I'm going to keep on bugging you until you tell me I can't bug you anymore. And forget that, that won't this, happen. Yeah, well, you're you're a treasure. But forgetting about this really good radio. I enjoy these. Just if we were talking on the phone, I enjoy these conversations. I, I hope you understand how much I enjoy them. Well, I appreciate it, and I enjoy talking to you, and I will never turn you down. Uh, Hal, let me tell the world again, if you're on Facebook and you like baseball and you don't follow him <laughs> and you don't read his stuff, then you're an idiot if you like baseball. Now, okay, if you don't like baseball, you know, although it's a good column whether you like baseball or not. If you like baseball and you don't read his stuff, I shouldn't say you're an idiot. I, I use the idiot in kind of a nice way, but it's had a bad connotation. So I, I take that back. Shame on you. How's that? Is that okay, Al? <laughs> That's I, okay. Can, okay. Hey, God bless you, pal. Thank you, man. Take ha- care. Have a great day. He's the best. Thank you. Bye. How McCoy. Jimmy, you see the best? <laughs> I don't even know if there's a way that you could quantify how many stories he's probably oh. got over the years. Oh, yeah. Like, the Bobby Just Cox casually story. getting cigars with Bobby Cox and him kicking his whole staff out. Yeah. So and, you can hang out with him. And here's the deal. We're going to get to Jeremy calling. Here's the deal. And, and and if people can't see this, my sense is you already got it. Okay? So understand something. And I didn't do this. I did Pirate Baseball one year. If I stuck my head in Bobby Cox's office, you know what he would have said? Seriously? I don't know if you could say it on the radio. Well, that's probably true, too. <laughs> if he was nice, you know what he said? What's that? Can I help you? And you would get a look. Seriously, and I'm not being negative to Bobby Cox. I loved him with the Yankees. You know, he was a bull-legged guy, played a little third base. It wasn't very good, but tougher than nails, one of the greatest managers of all time. And the way guys swear about how much they love playing for him was off the charts and still holds the record for most, most times getting thrown out of a baseball game. Neither here nor there. I mean, I, I thought he was spectacular. I'm not saying he was a hero of mine, but I love Bobby Cox, okay? It's it just a fantasy of baseball and, and stuff like that. Yeah. He goes, can I help you? Now, Hal McCoy goes in. I'm going to assume that Hal knew him for at least 30 years, okay? At least 30 years. And when you're around people that much, you develop relationships. And people trust you. Everybody liked Hal. <laughs> you don't like Hal. You got, that's not true. Some, babe, some players got ticked off of him. I forgot which one. Joe Morgan stopped talking to him or something like that. He had a few of those. But the amount of people that talked to him and gave him stuff that he wasn't getting, nobody can get from anywhere was off the charts. And so could I easily see Bobby, look, he's meeting with his coaches every day, right? Meeting with every day. He's probably already talked to him enough, okay? It's probably, it's not like he didn't want to share certain stuff with the coach. It was kind of like he wanted to have a private conversation with Al, enjoy a cigar with him, and just talk. And you know what? They shared information. That's a great story. And you know what? That don't happen in the NFL. Can you imagine the NFL walking into Bill Parcells' office? Yeah. <laughs> 
two hours before the game. Hey, Bill, get the... <laughs> yeah. uh, Hal, you're the best. You're the best. Jeremy Caldwell coming up next. You're right. Actually, I'm better than yesterday. It is. <laughs> it is. I'm still bad. Terry Page. 859-373-0578. Terry Page. 859-373-0578. Terry Page. 859-373-0578. A great licensed massage therapist. She has helped me tremendously. She's now very tough to get in, so you got to call ahead. Text her. She's done wonders for me at Top Notch Lawn. 859-373-0578. The Alan Cutler Show on ESPN 92.5 and 1300 AM and on the ESPN Lexington app. Presented by the Don Franklin Family of Dealerships. It's summertime, and that means it's time to hit the road. Whether you're heading across town or across the state, going on a picnic to a baseball game or driving to the lake, stop by, fill up, and stock up at Clark's Pump and Shop, your road trip headquarters. Clark's Pump and Shop has everything you need to get you to your summertime destination, including five-hour energy shots, buy two, get one free, and Mountain Dew, Pepsi, and Dr. Pepper 20-ounce bottles, three for $5. Clark's Pump and Shop, return, refresh, refuel. At Don Franklin, we're more than a group of car dealerships. We're hardworking, everyday people of Kentucky. We strive daily to give 110% to our customers, our employees, and our families. We are committed to providing everyone with a safe and reliable vehicle. And we continue our tradition of supporting our local communities. At all 24 dealerships across Kentucky, we will treat you like family. Don Franklin Family of Dealerships, we are Kentucky. Finally, it's here, starting September 28th. You'll be able to bet all your favorite sports from the comfort of your home or anywhere with DraftKings. How about a little celebration? All new customers get 200 bucks, 200 in bonus bets on lunch day when you sign up using the code LEXSPORTS. And the DraftKings Sportsbook, they offer all kinds of things. About anything you can imagine, you can bet on it. Don't wait. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with the code LEXSPORTS. That's LEXSPORTS to get 200 bucks in bonus bets once the mobile sports betting goes live. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook. Coming soon to Kentucky with the code LEXSPORTS. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18-PLUS. Physically present in Kentucky. Subject to regulatory and licensing requirements. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Bonus bets must be wagered one time and stake is not included in winnings. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash Kentucky. Houchins Insurance Group is proud to partner with Auto Owners Insurance, a company that provides opportunity for independent agents to make insurance simple for their clients, offering risk management services that range from a renter's policy for your college student to home and auto coverage for your entire family. Houchins Insurance Group assures you that nobody works harder to keep you protected from life's uncertainties. Reach out to A.J. Boss or Zach Bennett at 859-263-2771 to see if Auto Owners Insurance makes sense for you. When you're a Republic Bank customer, your financial life is always close at hand. The Republic Bank mobile app makes it easy to deposit checks, pay bills, and send money to friends and family from almost anywhere. Plus, you can view your transaction history, transfer funds, and even find the nearest banking center or ATM all from your mobile device. Republic Bank. It's just easier here. 
Message and data rates may apply from your wireless carrier. Member FDIC. W223-CV Lexington. ESPN Sports Radio 1392.5. WLXG Lexington. An LM Communications Broadcasting Station. The only no-filter sports show in Kentucky. It's the Alan Cutler Show with award-winning TV sportscaster Alan Cutler. Oh, man, that was great. Hal McCoy is the best. As a matter of fact, the pressure's on. If Jeremy Caldwell is half as good as Hal McCoy just was, that Jeremy's been great. First of all, he was a studly defensive tackle for Kentucky. Um, he has been a physician's assistant forever. Uh, Danville Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Do I have that right, Jeremy? Please tell you me. Did. Okay. You and, did. And, ten, and, ten years. Ten years. That makes me feel old. <laughs> See, I still but remember got- in uniform. Well, you, you have to set the bar lower for me, Alan. I mean, you can't you can't get an intro like that and expect me to perform at, at that kind of level, man. Well, he was really good. I mean, he told some stories that were just off the charts. How about this? You follow baseball at all? Uh, I do now that my boys are both. Playing. Okay. Do you know? Remember who Bob, the late great Bobby Cox was? Yes, sir. Okay. So you know, Atlanta manager. He's covered the Reds for forty five years in the Baseball Hall of Fame. One of the things that just popped up. Um, he goes to see. I, I asked him. By the way, you know, tell me something about because. He got cigars from all these kinds of people. Um, Jose Rio, when he comes visits him in America, gives him boxes of cigars from the Dominican Republic because of relationships and stuff like that. So he said, yeah, one time I'm going into uh, Bobby Cox's office, stick my head in, and, and he's got meeting with his coaches. And, uh, you know, if I did that, as I just said on the air, the first year and the only year that I did Pirate Baseball, he would have said, excuse me, can I help you? Like, what are you doing here, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't have a relationship with Bobby Cox, although I think the role of Bobby Cox, they liked them a lot. The point is, Bobby kicked out his, his uh, staff. Hal comes in, they shut the door, and, and they smoke a cigar together because Bobby's got a good cigar for him. I mean, I mean, how do you top that? You got a story that you played in the locker room that can top that? I mean, you got you got to make those relationships over years, Al. Yeah, I mean, just, that is, and that's the whole point. I mean, he's probably known Bobby for thirty years, right? Yeah, no, it's it's amazing. You know, you talk to a lot of these guys and some of the stories they have that have been around for a long time, and you know, things that that they they saw as just an average everyday occurrence. You know, for us, just kind of mind blowing. Yes, yes. I, I got to ask you a baseball question before I get into football. This really oh. ticks me off. I just went off on this like crazy. I don't know if you saw the footage, but Acuna, the great player for the Braves, you know, you know who he is. I'm not trying to be insulting. Yep, you know yep, no, no. Yeah, I figured I you did. Okay, so a couple of fans came on the field last night, and they wanted a selfie, and security had to come out to tackle him. But you don't know if somebody has a knife. You don't know if somebody has a gun. You don't know anything. None of the players on his team came to tackle these guys. It had to be the security guys, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I couldn't run the 40 in eight seconds, okay? Neither can they, okay? And, and where he is in the outfield, nobody came to help him. Nobody. None of his teammates. None of them. I thought that was disgusting. They're on the freaking field during the game. No teammate came out to help him. None. I, I, no, I, don't, I don't know the difference. But, you know, if it's, another, if it's a player on the other team that wants to square up, or have a few words, you're going to have the whole team clearing the dugout to come out. Now, again, you've got the fan coming out of the stands. You don't know what's going on. kind of takes you by surprise. I'd like to give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, but, yeah, it's like, you know, you're, you're, you're leaving your guy out there by himself to kind of fend on his own. Hopefully security is quick and, and there's not any issues. But, yeah, I mean, you're just letting him, letting him fly solo. I think it's disgusting. I think it's past disgusting. It really ticks me off. 
It's, I'm just, it's just me. Now, as a football player, would you have been different because you played football? Or is football better, different than baseball? Or are guys today, it, it, with the horrible things going on in the world, afraid that somebody might have a gun? And I get that part. And maybe I'm not being fair, but nobody trying to help a teammate? Well, I can't. I can't speak for the changes for the the, the guys today. You know, I'm, I'm as you as you mentioned, it's been a long time since I've been out there. But I don't think we would have let that fly. Now, you know, there was a great story that that Jared used to tell. Jared Lorenzo would tell that you know he started a little kerfuffle out on the field one time, and he gets over to the sideline, letting his offensive lineman and other guys take care of it. And he gets over there and he sees me standing on the sideline. He says, "Carlo, you're not going to come help me." And I said, "Absolutely not. You started it. You can finish it." <laughs> Can I see you saying that? Yes, by the way. <laughs> well, and I was, you know, and the fact is, I was resting at that point. That was my lazy time. So, okay. You know, you got to gotta take your breaks when you can get them. Okay. Okay. The late, great Jared Lorenzen. Man, he was the best. He, he, he was. Man, he could chunk the football. I, You know, I mean, first of all, God rest his soul, and he left us too early, and I'm not the first person to say this. I always thought if he got thin, first of all, he can never be skinny. He's just a big man. You know, yeah. but if he got to about 290, 280, I might be stupid, but I thought he could have been a great NFL quarterback. Seriously, because he could chunk the football. He he was smarter of a football player than people gave him credit for. I, I thought he saw the field better than people gave him credit for. And he could put the ball in spots that very few human beings on the face of the earth could ever do it. Uh, 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 uh. Well, I... I always, you know, I tell stories uh, because being around somebody like that, being around some, you know, greatness, you'll always get some good stories. And so I always speak in in dear regard for the guy because I loved him. Um, but you know, it's one of those things. They used to list him at two seventy five, which we all thought on the defensive and offensive line we thought was laughable. Um, and then you know, I played so for four years. The lightest I ever played was was a brown two ninety five, and that only that happened to be the only year he was ever lighter than. Looking wise or legit wise? No, legit. Get on the scale in the locker room wise. There was one year that I think that that um, that two ninety five. I think, or I'm sorry, that I was lighter than him. Okay. You know, yeah. when I used to interview him, it, it'd be a joke. Like, and I'd ask him his weight. He and he was so good standing and talking, and he knew I was going to ask him, and he was ready for it. But it, it, he didn't take it the wrong way. But he was always funny back. And one time he says, you're asking me because I'm going to be funny back. I said, absolutely. He goes, I appreciate your honesty. I said, is it or is it not good TV? He goes, yeah, it's good TV. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, and he played it well. You know, inside, obviously, he was battling with some things. Yes, and, he was. And that was, that was well known. But, you know, he, he put on this, this face to go out and talk to, to media and to fans. Um, you know, and he was always that lovable, laughable guy that could, that could joke around with it. So, you know, in the end, um, it, it, it's what helped take him away from us too soon, and, and it's a darn shame. But um, it's always good to, to think back on the on the good times. And uh, my boys got to watch a rerun of the 2002 LSU game. God forbid us, um, but they got to see him play. And my older son, who's a huge fan and a huge NFL fan, just was astonished by a couple of the plays where he would fling the ball 40, 50 yards, throwing off his back foot, and yep. like nothing. Yep, like it was nothing. Nothing, and and I'm sure you shook hands with him. If there's a quarterback in college when he played that had stronger hands than he was, I'd like to know who it was. Yeah, I mean he was just he was he was built in a different way. You just don't see it. You know, um, you ever seen him play basketball in high school? You know, I I didn't. I saw a couple of videos. I think uh, my freshman or sophomore year, uh, him and Smith uh, mm-hmm. playing together, and you know, to to take a ball and inbound it and throw it the entire length of the court uh, to you know to to another guy down low. 
like it was like it was nothing. But now they would play around the facility and things like that. Coaches didn't want them playing too much because they were so competitive. But but Jared loved playing basketball. He played the Sweet Sixteen, so I got mm-hmm. to watch him. And he wasn't heavy then. You know what I loved about him? He was a role player, accepted his role, sprinted so many times from one end of the court to another, would rebound, set picks. He was the ultimate. Now, this is a superstar high school quarterback at the time, right? He was the ultimate garbage man. And I say this with loving kindness, by the way, because I was a garbage man because I had no talent, but he had talent. He was the ultimate garbage man. Set screen, sprint, play good defense, hustled, rebound. Whereas he could have scored more, but you know Derek Smith was was an amazing, amazing high school player. I mean, I, it's interesting. They could have won the Sweet Sixteen, but that's neither here nor there. And he deferred to Derek because well, Derek was just a much better basketball player. But the fact that he was so giving as a basketball player was all I ever needed to see to tell me what kind of person he was. Because he didn't have to be like that. He could have been a snob, a snurd, a ball hog, or say, I'm going to take 10 shots no matter what. He didn't even look for a shot or nothing. He was so giving as a basketball player, I think it spoke volumes about him. Well, you know, I think that carried over to other, other facets of his life. He was, he was a very humble person. I mean, as much as he accomplished, uh, as much media attention as he, as he received, uh, deep down inside, he was just a good-hearted kind of humble dude. Now, yep. he loved it, loved the spotlight, as any of us would. Um, and he also knew that he was good, but I think he did it in such a way that, you know, it was never kind of put out there in your face. Um, you know, it was never, it was like you said, it was never snotty or snooty. Um, he just knew his role. Uh, and in basketball, it sounds like, you know, he, he did the same thing. He just had a unique set of, of skills and, and talent. Um, but now I do hear that he couldn't throw a baseball. He could sling the snot out of a football, but he said baseball was not his thing. Interesting. I didn't know that. I would assume he could throw 90-something miles an hour. Or maybe he was so thick that, you know, he, I mean, how many, even in high school, how many pitches well, the, were as thick as he is? The joke was always that Shane Boyd was gonna was the baseball player and Lorenzo was the football thrower. So, um, no, Shane, Shane did his fair, show, uh, fair share of throwing the football on the field. But yeah. I think, I think they were kind of opposite ends, you know, is, is that Lorenzo had the cannon with the, with the football and Shane was a baseball guy that had very good football skills as well. Uh, by the way, Shane's going to do the show on Thursday, and and uh, I love Shane. I mean, I've known him since <laughs> he's one of the great guys who just happened to the be. The Bambino. Yep, yep. Um, he's the last quarterback. They don't play Ball State all the time. If I read this right, Jimmy, help me out. Make sure I'm if when you get second that I'm right about this. He's the last quarterback to beat Ball State because they don't play him every year. So that's why I had him on. If I'm wrong, we're still having him on. It's always great talking to Shane, but I mean, that made me say, hey, you know, he, I think, started and won the game for him. It's 2000. Well, you know, people don't see the time and effort you put into the, the scheduling of who you bring on. Now, you know, you get, you get little facts like that, little tidbits like that. You know, Alan, congratulations, man. You do a wonderful job. Well, I appreciate it. I stole it from somebody. I don't remember who otherwise I give him credit. <laughs> I'm, I'm even going to be honest about that. Um, <laughs> it is what it is. But uh, I... I overprepare for the show. I am correct. Where'd you, where'd, where did I steal it from? So I give him credit. Oh, I don't know. I just, 2001 was the last year and he was a starting quarterback. Okay. So I just, I didn't find Oh, you it didn't find it. You put two yeah, and two together. Yeah. Okay. I'm good for the two and two. All right. Uh, Jeremy Cottle, and I, I try to give everybody credit. I really do. I think there's a fairness issue, but that's okay. Um, 
they going to win 11 games this year? Are they going to 10 games this year? Are they going to 12 games this year? Are they going to seven games this year? What do you see for this football team? You know, I, I'm going to be, I'm be honest. I'm usually one of these guys that kind of sits back, and, and, and you know me. I'm, I'm one of these middle-of-the-road type guys. I'll say, oh, you know, eight wins this year will be a great season. But, I, you know, for them this season, I really look for them to do nine or ten wins. And, you know, a couple of them are going to be, they're going to have to pull something out. Uh, they're going to be outmatched at some positions against uh, a couple of teams. But, uh, you know, there's certain instances where you, you just come come through and, and, and do it. I think this year is going to be one of those. And I say that more because I'm going to travel to some of the away games this year, and I expect wins at all of them. Oh, okay. Why did you decide to travel? I think that's cool. Yeah, well, so I've got a 13-year-old son who loves football. He loves UK, and uh, it's a good time for us to go and, and bond and spend some time together. We've got a couple of friends that uh, enjoy the game as well. They're going to go with us, so we're just going to make a trip of it and enjoy ourselves. That's a, You know what? 20 years from now, your son will remember those trips with fondness. That's really cool. That's really cool. Uh, yeah, I figure I've only got so many years before uh, I'm going to be on the back burner from everything else he's got going on in life, so take advantage of it now. Absolutely. By the way, uh, is your son as good of an athlete as you or better? Tell you what, he, he's a heck of an athlete. He's uh, finding uh, his role in different sports. This year's his first year playing a little bit of football, uh, so he's trying to figure out what that's like. Everybody's asked me before if he was always going to play or if I was going to pressure him, and that's that's absolutely not going to happen. But I want him to do what he enjoys and loves. He loves baseball. He's been playing baseball uh, competitively now for several years, and and he is two hundred times better at baseball than I ever was. Um, uh, and I know he's not listening right now, so I won't have to put up with him hearing that. <laughs> Does he have a little bit of an ego like his dad? No, you know what? He he's a he's a humble guy. He really is. He likes to go out and put in the work and 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 do the job. Uh, he likes to compete. Um, but um, you know he's he's a, he's a pretty humble fella. Must get it from his mom, no? Uh, maybe maybe his maybe his grandma. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So yeah, my wife's not listening either. So we're okay. You're about to say, are you are you flirting on the edge here? All right. So I, I have been pushing and pushing and pushing Leary for quite a long time. Now it's become popular. I can't wait to see him play. I, I am so excited to see this young man play. I think he can do things with the touch of the football, and hopefully he isn't injury prone. And he says he's not. It's just bad luck. And hopefully that's all it was. I think he can do some things to spin the football. That we haven't seen maybe since Andre Whitson, maybe, maybe. Yeah, you know, I caught some flack last year from a couple of my close friends, former former players, guys that I still keep in contact with. We have a little group text that goes around. Um, I caught quite a bit of flack last year for for not being as supportive maybe as they thought I should be for our quarterback, and uh, I thought we we could definitely see better uh, and get better, and I think we've done that. Uh, I'm excited to watch this kid play this year uh, with the weapons that he has. And, you know, my, my biggest thing, as I think everybody, is I'm really hoping to see an uptick in the play from the offensive line. I think the offensive line is going to be much better. I'm I'm not saying it's going to be Stoops' best offensive line. Let, let's not get silly. But I think the problems of last year were last year. I think they brought in a studly tackle, and they got two other really good linemen that are going back to their position. I'm a little curious that – and. You tell me. Not a good thing they haven't named the starting right tackle yet. So if you got or two choices, that means nobody's stuck out. Um, but I I like the offensive line. Again, not saying it's going to be the best, but I don't see last year's problems being this year. I could be wrong. Well, yeah, I think, you know, as you said, a lot of the guys, like Horsey's going to get back to his more natural position where he was just a stud before 
got a couple of good guys in the, in the inside there. That right tackle, you know, it's interesting because Flax, Flax got named some preseason watch lists, uh, and they're still debating. So that, hopefully that says a lot about uh, Ford. And, uh, you know, maybe there's, there's some real competition there. We'll come out and see the, the right side being the strong side. Well, you know, that could be, and I've considered that, and I'm considering something else, and I'm not being negative. I'm just telling you what I considered, okay? Um, was it the senior bowl list that came out the other day, Jimmy? I'm trying to yep. remember. Okay, and so um, Kentucky had a like – if it was a senior bowl, and I'm, I'm trying to look it up really quickly, whatever it was, it was one of the all-star things for seniors and da-da-da-da-da-da that comes out every year. And Kentucky had 11 players, as I recall, that yeah, were seven, nominated. Seven offense, I think four defense maybe. Uh, that sounds right. And, and my point is there were some people on that list that ain't going to be drafted. Okay, and, and I think they allow you to nominate a lot of players. Let's say, suppose Flax really comes in, Flax, Flax comes in, has a great year. Could he be drafted? Sure, Willie, I have no idea. But, I mean, he's a big man. It's possible. People step up from one year to the next, and that's okay. I think they are allowed to nominate so many people. They're throwing some names out there just in case, suppose he becomes like a third-team All-SEC. Would it shock me? No. Am I going to predict it? Hell no. And so more people get on these lists than really will deserve it when you look back at the season, but UK is smart by taking advantage of it. You see where I'm coming from? Well, yeah, and you know that crew that crew over there at UK has a great sports media department, um, and they, they really do a good job with their guys, both preseason and in-season and even you know postseason stuff. But, uh, but you're right. I mean, these lists are made for a reason. They've got a wide swath of people they're going to pull from, and you know, you're not going to – I'm sure there's some politics behind the scenes with it, too. Um, but at the same time, you know what, I'll take a third – I'll take a third uh, a third SEC team guy over some of the, some of the plays that we had last year. So it's a, it's a, it's a bump up in play no matter where we look. Uh, I buy that. I, I, I just think – let's put it this way. I think there's at least two of those guys going to play in the NFL from this offensive line. You think I'm nuts? Uh, no, no, no. I think you know, I'd be surprised if there weren't at least two. Maybe more when all their eligibility is up. I'm not saying Burton's right. going to play in the NFL. I'm going to say he's got interesting potential. Uh, you know, we'll see. You got a couple years down the road. I, I, I just think if you got two guys in your mind, unless it's a really bad hole in another position, but if you got at least two guys that you think could play pro ball, how could that not be better than last year? Oh, for sure, for sure. You know, and that was again, that was a bunch of the complaints last year, and you know. I think that's also why I caught a bunch of flack from from my buddies. It was like, oh, if he had an offensive line, oh, you know, if he had some protection, if he had this, but a lot of little things that you still see out there that I wasn't convinced on. Um, there's also one of the guys in that group text who thought he was going to be one of the first round quarterbacks taken, um, and so I kind of got a little redemption uh, as far as that goes when, when all came through. But uh, I think we're going to expect much better offensive line play, but we've got a guy back there, too, that can maybe utilize things and do things a little bit different way. I buy that. You know, the other thing is, and I'll defend Levis this way, I mean, I thought he was hurt when they should have sat him, uh, yep. and, and, and I think the line did hurt him. There's no question about it. But when the – and I talked about this a lot last year, and I think we talked about it. When the defense knows you're a running quarterback and you can't run, they change everything. These, these defensive coordinators are smart, and so that – negated part of the field for him and if he can't run unless his touch gets much better and maybe it will and I hope it will for his sake Allen and Buffalo didn't have a great touch now his touch is pretty damn good but he still runs the ball and, and we, if you if Levis can't run 
I don't think he's nearly as good of a quarterback. And I'm not saying running 25 times, but he's got to be able to move the change at times. Well, you know, early on in the season when he was still relatively healthy, that was that was one of his huge upsides. Uh, and like you say, you take that away, it's not making him, making him a one-dimensional quarterback because he could still move a little bit, but he didn't have that threat. And you, and as a defense, you, you plan accordingly. You game plan accordingly. Um, and so it made it a little bit easier to put pressure and, and do different things with him. Biggest fear for the season coming up, in your mind, Jeremy Caudle, former studly defensive lineman for the University of Kentucky, is? Uh, injuries at key positions. So I, that... don't think we're, I don't think we're as deep as we'd like to be. Uh, I think that's growing. We see more and more of these four-star guys signing on, more and more talent that we're getting in the portal. Uh, but I still think at a couple positions, we're only one injury away from really, really suffering. Besides quarterback, where else are you thinking? Uh, defensive back uh, and probably linebacker. And I'm a defensive guy, so I, you know, I probably don't look as much at the offense. I think we've got some stud-wide receivers uh, that are on the first team. You know, one of those guys go down, you, you never know who you're going to get to step up and come in. Uh, you're, there, there's usually an athlete that could come in and, and make some moves there for you. Um, offensive line, I think we've got a little bit of a little bit of leeway there, uh, but I really worry about you know linebacker and defensive back. Interesting. My guess is that there's more depth in a defensive backfield than I think we realize because of the way they train people, and, and we have seen guys that don't get a lot of publicity step up, and I think they're really well coached. So I'm not as concerned about that, and I could be wrong. Uh, but uh, but linebacker is a position where I've gone, okay, we'll see. They better not get hurt too much at that slot. I agree with you on that. Yeah, I think there's a couple guys there. You know, And, again, you don't ever want to call somebody out and, and be watching for those guys to potentially get injured, but there's a couple of studs there. Uh, one in particular, um, you know, that plays outside linebacker. And, again, I don't even want to say his name, but – He's an absolute stud, um, and I think your level of play falls off dramatically if he goes down. Talking about JJ, yeah, JJ Weaver. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying not to say a name, and you're why? Like, you're like, why are you trying not to say his name? Little, little superstition, former player superstition, right there. Man. Wait a second, how bad are you really superstitious? No, I mean not terribly, but again, you know, I don't ever want to come back and be like, see, if you wouldn't have said that, we would have been fine. Wait a second, what? Jeremy Caudle, straight A student. You're you're a physician's assistant. You're a really brainy guy. You're a really smart guy. You're that superstitious? No, I wouldn't say that superstitious, but there's certain things. I, I pick and choose. <laughs> Jerry West, one of the greatest basketball players of all time, right? Yes, sir. Okay, he had a jock strap thing that if they won three games in a row, he would wear the same jock strap. Mm. Uh, that a little rough? He also had this bazooka bubblegum thing. Whereas um, he would cut it in half, and um, if they lost, he would throw the other half out. If he won, he would, as I recall, he would then chew that for the next game. Athletes are very superstitious. We know to that point. I say I'm not superstitious. I like to wear the same cleats. I didn't like to have my cleats cleaned. Uh, Tom and the equipment staff, it absolutely drove them crazy. I mean, you know, I think a lot of it was the Nike contract, make sure they were looking good, but um, you know, I, I got to know a couple of the guys that were behind the scenes that would help get things set up. Uh, and when we went on the road, even when we went on the road, I could get them my cleats. They would take them out and make sure they got a little dirt rubbed on them before the game. <laughs> You're talking about the great Tom Kalinowski starting his 50th year, and I've been promised the first interview this fall with him. 
Fiftieth year. He's unbelievable. I mean, I knew him when he was a kid. Fiftieth year. I mean, oh, the stories he could tell that he would never tell. And I've told him. I said, forget about the stories you can't tell. I, you know, not not everything is no filter, and not everybody's is no filter. Me, that's all good. But there's a lot of great stories that are funny. I think he could do a great book. I mean, seriously, a, you you. And it's not just in Kentucky. You can't be an equipment man for fifty years and not have great stories. Agree? Oh yeah. I mean, that guy has 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 lived sometimes and. And he was one of those guys, too. You know, he wasn't in the meeting rooms, but he always knew what was going on. And it's because, you know, you always had to go talk to Tom. Every now and then you'd have to go in and sit down in, in his room, in his office, and sit back and take a, take a breath and just talk to Tom. Um, and between all the other equipment managers that have worked with him and, you know, the things they've shared with him, that guy has seen and knows a lot. You know, we used to call, and I'm sure they probably still do, uh, where you keep all the gear, it was Fort Knox, because he was going to keep that on lockdown. Um, but, uh, he's done that for forever. It sounds like now. Um, and I guarantee you, he's got some stories that would, it would make you laugh your butt off and it'd probably make your shine, your spine shiver a little bit. You know, I can't remember the player and I'm not holding a name back. This is somebody f- long time ago. I mean, now you need socks or whatever. Uh, although they, they still watch the stuff like crazy, but it was crazier then. somebody needed socks and he, he wouldn't give them an extra pair of socks. And I remember talking to basketball players who played for up and a lot of those guys aren't around. And there were some funny stories I did in the 80s talking about they got two pair of socks a year. Two. Two. And, and there were guys that had to either knit or they would have their mother or a girlfriend or somebody. They had to re- – or or Kitely told me he had to do it at times. Repair, they had to repair the socks. Kitely wouldn't give him another pair of socks. He didn't have another pair of socks. He wouldn't give him another pair of socks. They wouldn't – how do you not give a Kentucky basketball player – and granted, this is – you know, we were talking about this. a, a lot of this was before Kitely too – when he was the second guy and that kind of stuff, they didn't have another pair of socks. Well, Tom, Tom had a basket of loose socks, you know, socks that were found strewn around the, the locker room or wherever they may be. And if you lost your pair of socks, you you were relegated to getting socks out of the basket. Are you kidding me? No, and you don't know if you were going to get two that matched. You could search through there for a little while and, and find a pair that matched. There was always going to be guaranteed a couple pair in there. But you, you had to go through the basket of socks. You didn't get new socks. There wasn't a... There wasn't a line to go up and say, hey, I need a new pair of socks. Now, granted, there's been some players that, that could do that. I was not one of those players, but there were a couple of players that could go up and say, hey, Tom, you know, I need a pair of socks. He'd give them a hard time and then give them a pair of socks, but that was few and far between. So you're telling me if you were All-American, you'd have gotten more socks? Well, I think, yeah, I think, you know, I, I may have gotten one more pair. Maybe one. <laughs> Maybe one. Jeremy, that's great. And you know what? Uh it's not like I'm great personal friends with Tom. He's always been really nice to me. He's nice to everybody. What spoke volumes to me about Tom when a whole bunch of players chipped in to buy him that new truck a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah, so there was there was an email uh, and a message going around to the, the to the uh, the K Club, uh, the former letter winners, and um, I think there was a pretty big response from all that man because everybody everybody knows Tom. Uh, you know, if you if you've played, you know Tom. Uh, you respect Tom, even if you didn't get the socks that you wanted from Tom. You, you still respected what he's done and the time that he's put in and, and the hours that he's put in. And it's a thankless job in a lot of time, a lot of times. And uh, he's done it year after year. Uh, he loves being a part of it, and, uh, and I think they tried to show that they loved him being a part of it. I'm going to guess, but there's no way he's made since he started a dollar an hour for all the time he puts in. Think about when he started when they were making, like, nothing, no money at all. You, you think that's nuts? 
No, I think, I mean, it has to be true because the amount of time that those guys are there, I mean, you know, we talk and we complain about as players about having to be there early for early morning workouts and, you know, they're there 30 minutes, an hour before any of that, anybody walks in the door because they've got to get it ready. The time they've got to spend to clean helmets and cleats, which I've tried not to get them to do, um, after games and after practices. You know, they've got to fill in the Knicks. They've got to make it look good. They've got to put us in a position where we have everything that we need, and it, and it takes time, and, and they put in a bunch of time, a bunch of hours. It's a labor of love. Um, uh, let's put it this way. I would love to sit down and have a bourbon with them to loosen them up a little bit and then have a mic there, and, and, and maybe not live, because in case he said something he really didn't want out. I, I, you don't know filter people like that. You, you know what I'm saying? There's, there's, a, there's a time and place for everything. He could do five hours worth of great shows of stories if he starts thinking about it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and, and you know what, though? I, as far, and, again, I don't know him that well, except for the time I've spent with him. But, um, you know, I'd be surprised if he's one of those guys that comes out and ever writes a book or ever tells some of those stories. Uh, because for him, like you said, it's a labor of love. And, and those memories to him are, are probably just as, as much something to cherish and protect as anything else. Last thing, about, and I agree, last thing about this football team this year that's on your cranium, Jeremy Cottle, former Studley defensive lineman for Kentucky, is? I love the fact that our defense has always been uh, has always been putting out and doing doing what they need to do the last few years. They've been stressed by having to be on the field too much, and I think this is the year where they get those breaks and they can be even better, and our offense uh, helps us out. I have said this before, in my humble opinion, can I say humble with me in the same sentence? Can I do that? You say the word, you know, can you, you can pronounce that very well. <laughs> I deserve that. I resemble that remark. I think <laughs> Kentucky has, and I don't think I ever would have said this before. I've been saying it now this year, that they have the best set, set combination of offensive and defensive coordinators in the Southeastern Conference. I mean, it's undeniable that Brad White is, is phenomenal. Um, and, again, I think you saw when, when when we get the offense that we want back, I mean, the players respond, the fan responds, the recruits respond. Um, I, I think you're right. I think it's, it's tough to hold on to those guys, and, and it has been. Um, but hopefully we can do so for another couple of years and let this train run. Well, White turned down a lot of money to stay here, got a nice raise, but it wasn't as close as I know what he was offered at LSU. And um, I, I don't know. I don't know Brad White personally, and I have no inside information. I'm going to guess he stays here until he becomes a head coach. I don't see why he wouldn't. I mean, you know, the success he's he's brought the program. He's already made a name for himself. You're in the SEC. Um, you know, I think the only next step up, if he's going to turn down that job, the next step up has to be for a head coach. I don't see him going anywhere to be a coordinator. I agree, which is a compliment to him, but it's also a compliment to Stoops. I think it's a huge yeah. compliment to Stoops. Yeah, for sure. And you know, he's he's uh, he's had a couple of offensive coordinators roll through, and uh, I think even if you talk to the administration within the athletics department, that's been the only real downside to the last ten years. Uh, but I think we've got the right guy back again, and we've we've kept the guy there at defense, which you know, again, Stoops' forte was in defense, and so uh, I'm sure that they've had discussions, and he's helped him along. But uh, man, it's been nice to have him here. Jeremy Cottle, I always appreciate your time. It's good hearing your voice again. That means football's around the corner. I'm excited for the season. Uh, I'm always excited that you're kind enough to join us as much as you do, and uh, hopefully we can you can find a couple minutes to talk to us next week. 
Yeah, man, I'd look forward to it. I appreciate the time, Alan, keeping this has-been back in the game. Hey, dude, it's a joy talking to you. And seriously, on a very, very – that's serious, but on a really serious note, I think what you're doing with your son and some buddies and going to some games, uh, those are lifetime memories. You're really smart. That's that's really cool. Well, looking forward to that, too. Hopefully there's lots of other Cats fans that are out there to join me, uh, and we, uh, we, we go out and have a great season this year. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Be well. Thanks. Uh, one of my all-time favorites, Jeremy Caudill. Is he good? Is he good or what? Excellent. Yes, he really is. He really is. Uh, by the way, somebody put this up, and I, I can't swear it's true. I have not done the math. Okay? <clears throat> that the Reds, they're 68 and 64. Everybody knows that if you follow Reds. This sounds right, thinking about the number of games left. It sounds reasonable. They have a 22.5% chance to make the playoffs. Because you got to jump over some teams now. Yeah, you're going to need help. Yeah. Yeah. Unless all of a sudden they do a 10-game winning streak. You know, which, I mean, they've won six in a row, haven't yeah. they? Okay. So, it's, I think it's very possible. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. This number is interesting. With 30 games left, they're seven out. Isn't that seven out? Is that right? Of the division, yeah. I believe. Yeah. 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 They're seven out of division, yeah. remembering what I looked at last night. Um 2.9% chance to win a division. That sounds about right to me. Yeah. It would take, I don't want to say a miracle, but it would take the Brewers absolutely tanking Collapse. and the Cubs. Yes. Both of them. Right. And the Reds, you know, winning three quarters of the rest uh, of their game. You know, of, of those two teams, I don't see Milwaukee yeah, no. losing like an 8 of 10 or something like that. I, I, I just don't see it. So... Now it it will help them that the Giants, they're they have two series against the uh, the Dodgers and a two game series, two different series against the Dodgers and a series against Arizona to end the year. So that, those are going to be tough games for them. When looking at the wild card spots, right? So whereas the Reds have an easier schedule to end the season. Are you with me and Hal McCoy? You'd shut down Abbott. I don't know if I would shut him down. That seems. Just off of this, I do think he should skip a start. I At least one. Skip a start, see how he looks after that. Shutting him down right now, that seems a bit extreme. Okay. Now, I don't know what's going on on the inside. If they we don't more, either. But just based off of that, no, I don't think I would be him okay down. if they shut him down. They're not going to do it. I Well, I, I was talking about skipping a start a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I think that would be the first step. Because he definitely does not look the same. No. So. No. And, you know. And and part of his comment was I couldn't put the ball where I wanted. Mm-hmm. That's a tired arm. Yeah. And you hope it's just a tired arm. And by the way, I'm not alluding to something. I'm not suggesting something. I'm going to tell you I don't know. I'm going to tell you that it's difficult, difficult. So Jonathan India is out with plantar fasciitis. He's with the team. I'm not sure unless he could really really sprint. You rehurt that, and he's off for four months. Yeah. And you can say the season's over. You know people who've had that recurring? I do. It's not fun. No. <clears throat> and there ain't nothing to do. you got to heal. Yep. I had, uh, because of a car accident, which is how I eventually found Terry Page, um, I had plantar fatty- fasciitis that was so big because of where the car I was hit that I got, I had a, and you know, I think from me, ta- I don't like drugs. You know that. Mm-hmm. I had a, almost begged to get a third cortisone shot, which is against my principles, by the way, because they were recommending surgery for my foot. 
So for me to basically plant a fasciitis, was okay, and it took about six months to get over it. Yeah, it's no good. It was just, it, it, it's interesting. And you feel helpless. It's not a blank thing you can do. Now, I ain't running. I got no speed. I ain't no athlete. So now try to think of something like Jonathan India, who's got what? The speed he moves and the torquing he does and the cutting he does. So he's got plantar fasciitis, a Jake Fraley, who I like a lot, broken toe, and Matt McClain, right oblique strain. Um, not good. Everybody's banged up this time of year. They're getting more than their share. Um, I saw an interview with Dwayne Kuyper. Great announcer. He's awesome. That's yeah. my childhood was growing up I, with you know what? Kruk and Kuyper. I, I think he's one of the – they've got one of the best broadcast teams yeah. ever. There's no – and, you know, these, these are Hall of Fame guys. Um, I didn't know this. I saw an interview that Chris Welsh did on the Bally Network, Bally Sports. Uh, he babysat the Bells. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. You know, and uh, Bell played there for a year, too. He was part of the World Series team uh, in 2002. Yeah. One? Yeah. But Kuiper and uh, Buddy Bell, who just retired from the Reds, who's, I think, 70-something, 72, they're great friends. As a matter of fact, anybody's saying, hey, Buddy, I love you. But he babysat both Mike, who's no longer with us, Mike and David. So he said, who gave him more trouble? Did, did He said, no, Mike gave me more trouble. <laughs> so can you imagine that? Babysitting a major league skipper? Pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Yeah, let's put it this way. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that your Giants fans having those broadcasters are amazing. 1300 AM, 92.5 FM. The Alan Cutler Show on ESPN 92.5 and 1300 AM and on the ESPN Lexington app. Presented by Republic Bank. At Don Franklin, we're more than a group of car dealerships. We're hardworking, everyday people of Kentucky. We strive daily to give 110% to our customers, our employees, and our families. We are committed to providing everyone with a safe and reliable vehicle. And we continue our tradition of supporting our local communities. At all 24 dealerships across Kentucky, we will treat you like family. Don Franklin Family of Dealerships, we are Kentucky. It's summertime, and that means it's time to hit the road. Whether you're heading across town or across the state, going on a picnic to a baseball game or driving to the lake, stop by, fill up, and stock up at Clark's Pump and Shop, your road trip headquarters. Clark's Pump and Shop has everything you need to get you to your summertime destination, including planters, nuts, buy two tubes, get one free, and assorted Pringles large cans, two for $5. Clark's Pump and Shop, return, refresh, refuel. Houchins Insurance Group is proud to partner with Auto Owners Insurance, a company that provides opportunity for independent agents to make insurance simple for their clients, offering risk management services that range from a renter's policy for your college student to home and auto coverage for your entire family. Houchins Insurance Group assures you that nobody works harder to keep you protected from life's uncertainties. Reach out to A.J. Boss or Zach Bennett at 859-263-2771 to see if Auto Owners Insurance makes sense for you. Overdraft fees? More like no overdraft fees. With a simple access checking account from Republic Bank, you don't have to worry about overdraft fees because there are none. But there's more. Simple access checking may allow you to access your direct deposit up to two business days early and gives you the convenience of a Republic Bank MasterCard debit card. Learn more at republicbank.com simple. It's just easier here. 
Member FDIC. Lexington area weather. Another chance of rain and storm south and east of Lexington for your Tuesday. North and west of Lexington, you'll be good to go. Temperatures today reaching the low 80s locally. Tonight, things clear out. Lows falling into the upper 50s and low 60s, giving us really nice weather on the way for your Wednesday and Thursday. Temperatures below average into the upper 70s and low 80s. I'm ABC 36 Storm Team Meteorologist. Doing good day. Take us along wherever you may roam. We love to roam. Get our app by searching ESPN Lexington in your app store. Back to No Filter Radio with Alan Cutler. Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, and Google, Monday through Friday. I love that stuff, don't you? By the way, it's Cole Lanter, who is a, a hell of a football player, Bull County. Turned down scholarships. Um, I went through the long list of Lanters that have played college sports. Uh, Mazel tough, congratulations, he earned it. it, I, it we need more feel-good stuff, Jimmy. It's Those kind of things are awesome. And I looked at his high school highlight tape from his senior year. He could 1,000% go and start somewhere like a smaller – Division one school. Absolutely. I think he'd be a star at Eastern. He had a couple plays that there's some six four receivers out there aren't doing what yeah. he's doing. Going up and getting a yeah. ball that aren't doing with that. And he's five yep. eleven. He's five eleven. He's he's a stud. I could see him, depending on what some of the other freshmen do or don't do, he might get on the field this year and actually do something. I mean, it's not out of the question. Besides the first three that are up there. Well, you got the crowdest kid. Locally, right? Who yeah. they are waiting to emerge, yeah. and apparently he's gotten a lot more serious about mm-hmm. football, and he's a blur. Yeah. Okay. And um, the, the freshman from Anthony Brown. Anthony Brown. Yeah. I couldn't think of his first name. I was about to say Brown. So there's, there's two, and then what I've heard is after that, who knows? Yeah. You know what I think they're going to do? I think they're going to play people like Cummings as a slot guy. Yeah, I could see that. I could see him being a really good slot guy. Yeah. They got a couple tight ends who could be the slot. And it actually, in a way, might help because if you're running, besides the thing catch the ball, if you're running, to have Cummings as a blocker, whoo, yeah. So I think they'll be fine, but that's interesting. I wonder if he's like, I guarantee you he's the first non, well, now a scholarship player, first former walk-on who's on the list as a wide receiver. Oh, absolutely. I think if you're throwing the ball, he's going to catch it. And I think you've got his own, I think he can get open. I I really liked him, and it's like I was looking. For example, I'm pausing on you. I'm thinking out loud. I think he could play for Cincinnati. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I know they're going to the Big Twelve and stuff like that. But they've taken guys like that and done really well with. Yeah, really well. And like Stoop says, I don't know how many scholarships he turned down, but he turned down a lot of scholarships. And by the way, you know Cameron Mills, he turned down Georgia's scholarship to walk on at Kentucky because that was his school. It's not unusual for a guy to turn down a scholarship and walk on at their school. Yeah. So it's beautiful. Uh, I mentioned yesterday that Mona Lane from the Lane family got a hole-in-one. God bless her. She's a sweetheart at 77. So I get a message from Brian, who, by the way, only started for four years playing for his dad at Transy and has done a great job as a coach at Transy. And he's told me this before, by the way. 
he reminded me that his mom is the best athlete in the family. <laughs> That's pretty okay. good. That's pretty good. She's a sweetheart. She is just a sweetheart. <laughs> 77, a hole in one. What a thrill. Best athlete in the family. Uh, I don't know if you saw this video. I retweeted it yesterday, I think it was. This guy is 6'5 and 455 pounds. You see the video of him? Is it the guy who plays for Florida? TCU. TCU. He's a freshman. Oh. Uh, last oh, name, oh, oh, okay. I think it's yeah. Breon. If I'm pronouncing it wrong, I apologize, Ramsey. This kid has great feet. Great feet. He's as big as you think, and I don't know how else to put it, but just put it this way. He's not as fat as you think, okay? He's a huge man. Not a fat man. He's a huge man. And I got to keep my eye on him. They're talking about how he's dominating practice. He's In this video, he's pushing a guy around that looks to be about 300 pounds. But you know what? It looks like the guy's about 150. Yeah, he's he's gone viral for a couple years now at these, the lineman camps that they do where there's no pads. Yeah, yeah I've he's, seen it before. Yeah, he's he's been on people's radar. Now, people want to see, like, yeah, this is all fine and dandy. Let's see you in pads. Because these whole the linemen drills the one on ones and no pads is, I don't know, to me is silly. Like what? All they do is hold the whole time. You watch all these clips and it's all holding. I want to see what he can do. He looks like he's got a lot of potential. Look at those feet. He's massive. Yes. And like you said, he can move. He's not just a wall. I think he's past massive. I, I like <laughs> a better word. You ready for this? Humongous. Yeah. Humongous. Uh, I've been sitting on this for about a week and and I didn't get rid of it because I think it's funny and I and I should have. Talked to Hal McCoy about it, but I went so crazy about the Acuna thing and the teammates not helping him out when the fans came on. Um, Abrams, the shortstop for Washington, I like him a lot. He's a stud young player that they picked up when they gave away a great player. At least you're getting something back. So he hits a home run against uh, Tommy Canley of uh, the Yankees. Like his nickname. The guy's whole personality is wearing tight pants. The guy has no aura. He's taking it out at me. I get it. I'd be mad, too. Honestly, if he doesn't like it, then get me out. I'm going to fail seven times out of ten. I don't think he should blame me for not being one of the other seven. In other words, his nickname is Tommy Tight Pants. And he's picking on him because he's one of today's players, flips a bat, and has – I don't have any problem with that. This stuff that people say, yeah, it's old school. Who gives a crap? You can hit a home run, celebrate, guess what? Get him out. Yeah. And, and so baseball is changing. You're young. I know we're out of time. Really quick. Don't you like to see somebody with panache and feeling and oh, emotion I love and it. passion? Yes. If a giant hits a home run, right? One of your guys hits a home run, and, and, and you're at the game, and that that's the eighth thing that makes it 3-2, and he's throwing his hat in the air and all that. I love it. Yes. It makes you want to go to the game. It's good for baseball. It makes everybody money. It makes everybody excitement. Baseball's not as boring. The world just changes. These people getting uptight. A pitcher getting uptight. That's not how the game's going to play. You can go stick it. <laughs> stick it. And the, the whole thing with, well, what about the kids watching? That's called being a parent. Tell your kid not to do it. End of story. Or how about telling your kid it's okay to do it, yeah. but be, you know, be exactly. respectful. Exactly, yeah. God forbid you have to tell your kid to be, you know, do your own right. thing. Okay, you shouldn't do it in the Little League because they won't let you. You're right. Yeah. Don't make a major league player be your parent. Bingo. Charles Barkley said a million times. Jimmy, as always, thank you very much. Uh, Jeremy Caudill's wonderful, as always. Hal McCoy, what past wonderful. Uh, what a day. Uh, tomorrow, I got. I know, I know. I got to get out of here. I got to do this really quick. We're doing something very, 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 very special. Corey Price will announce exclusively on our show 
the best players in the history of Commonwealth and Kroger, Commonwealth Stadium and Kroger Field. 50-year history, over 50 people have voted on it from players and media, whatever. That's tomorrow. My buddy Keith Farmer does a great job at 18, also tomorrow. Walt Wells, wonderful, wonderful job at EKU. And then Mark Tidrow, Ball State play-by-play man, will join us. On Thursday, Brad Taylor talking about gambling in Kentucky before the first game. And Shane Boyd, one of my all-time favorites. Again, I'm late. Thank you so much. Matthew and Jimmy, 10 to 2 tomorrow. 10 to noon tomorrow. You want to do 10 to 2? I won't show up. <laughs> Matthew would go no, right? Matthew would say no way. You see Jimmy shaking his head. Reds and Giants, 915 pregame show tonight. Bottom line with Brad Taylor coming up next. Thank you so much for listening. Have yourself a blessed, great day. I'm Alan Cutler, 1300 AM, 92.5 FM. Listen to the Alan Cutler Show weekdays noon to 2 on